do a little NF, uh, NHL playoff preview here on the uh, outspoken network that uh, Jay's got going for us today. We got uh, the uh, uh, famous hockey coach in Sault Ste. Marie, Don DeLuca, and oh, yeah. uh, Jack of all trades and Sioux Sports regular uh, Tony Bonifero with us today. Uh, how's it going today, guys? Things are great, Jim. Things are great. I'm excited. Playoffs coming, so it's, it's all good. And I see Dom uh, dyed the bottom of his beard white for today, and that's always nice to see. Uh, trying to look well, like I guess. I think I told you guys earlier. Guys, and I'm going to start in the, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they, they, I'm going to try to go in a little bit of chronological order. Uh, tonight, the Eastern Conference starts with the uh, Boston Bruins taking on the uh, Washington Capitals. Uh, the Bruins are a minus 172 betting favorite in the series. Uh, you can get the Capitals at uh, plus 145. Uh, just quick thoughts, Dom. What do, what do you think of this series? Uh, should be a good one, really. You know what? Uh, there's so many, there's so many uh, coin coin flips, coin tosses, whatever you want to say in this year's playoffs. Like I think there's there's a legitimate six to eight teams for sure for me that well that can contend. But I'm going to be a little bit biased in this one here. I'm a, I'm a Boston fan. Uh, well, I'm a Red Wing fan, but um, I really love the way uh, the Bruins play. Uh, for me. Uh, Pasternak's a guy I just absolutely love. Um, I don't know what it is. I just think it's his enthusiasm for the game, the way he goes about it. And uh, that line with him and Marchand and uh, Trees Bergeron, uh, again, uh, fantastic line. I think it's comparable to any, any in the league, if not maybe the best in the league. Um, and then you go from there. Uh, Krejci's really turned up his game with that team. Uh, the addition of Taylor Hall's really kind of solidified that second line. You got him and uh, I think Craig Smith, who's also had a, a pretty good second half to the year. So their top two lines are strong. And then you throw in like a guy like uh, former Greyhound, Nick Ritchie's on the third line, Charlie Coyle, uh, that Andre Cache just got back. You got Corrali up front. I know I'm rambling on, but they, they, they have a lot of, a lot of good pieces, Jake DeBrusque. So they're, they're deep up front. Um, I think their D's a little underrated. I think they have some good pieces back there with uh, like uh, Charlie, Charlie McAvoy and Grizzlick are both uh, some good offensive upside, but then you got your, uh, Kevin Miller, Brandon Carlo. You got some good, some good players. Uh, I think Lowe's on. Uh, so they got, they got a lot of good pieces. And I think their goaltending is, uh, is really solid. Uh, whether it's, uh, Rask or Halak has to come in. I, I just think that they have a lot there to offer and they're, uh, they're, they're playoff ready. They've, they haven't for a while. They've, they've got some championship pedigree. Uh, and then you look on the other side, um, with Ovi and that whole group there, which, um, I love a lot of the players on that team. I'm, I'm a big Backstrom fan. I just love the way he plays. Uh, TJ Oshie for me is, is he's such an unsung kind of hero on that team. He's just um, a consummate professional, can play in every situation, plays hard. Um, and they're deep too. Their back end's deep with Carlson Chara and you got uh, Schultz and uh, Orlov. Like they're a very good team too. And I think uh, this, this series, I wouldn't be surprised. It's a one-seven game, so it, it it would not surprise me at all. But for me, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, with the Bruins in this one, maybe seven. Uh, and again, again, like I said, could be a coin flip. But I'm I'm really I'm looking forward to that series. I think it'll be a great series. Hopefully, somebody can ring Tom Wilson's bell at some point too. I know the, I know the Bruins got a couple of guys that can maybe tee him up and keep him in line too. Because uh, again, he's one guy that again after all that you guys have seen go on the last little while with him maybe some karma in that first round series too. Well, 
So I think the key on key in this series is going to be the play of uh, Taylor Hall. I really do. I expect Taylor Hall to either, you know, he's playing for a contract next year. Taylor Hall, since he's come over to Boston, has eight goals, 16, or sorry, eight goals, 14 points in 16 games. He's brought a whole new dynamic to this team. One of the most underrated aspects, I think, of the Boston Bruins is Bruce Cassidy. I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in hockey. You know, the one thing about Boston, to your point, Dom, Boston, you know, their players will change year to year, but they're always consistent. And I think the job that he does as a head coach is something that we don't talk a, talk enough about. You know, the one the one interesting thing in this series to me is going to be Chara playing against his old team, right? Chara playing against Boston. It's no secret to anyone who watched any game tape last year on Chara you know, in the 2019-2020 season, he just wasn't the same player. The guy wasn't the same athlete. He, 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 you know, people thought he was at the back end of his career. He's kind of had a little bit of a resurgence here with uh, with Washington, but I still don't think, obviously, he's not the same player he was. And I do expect Boston to really be aggressive down low, and I expect Boston to be play that grinding type of game that they like to play. And, you know... I, I do. I expect Boston to come out and win this series. I think Boston is is set for, for a deep run in the playoffs. You know, you talked a little bit about guys like Tom Wilson and that type of stuff. And it's funny. Guys like Tom Wilson, guys like Brad Marchand, I actually really like the way they play the game. I like that old school, that little aggressiveness. I, I actually like that style of play. I, you know, I understand the players, you know, love them, hate them, do whatever. But I'm excited to see this series. I think it's going to be a little bit of an old school series. I really do. I think so too. And like you said, to that point, not taking anything away from a guy like Tom Wilson, the the guy can play. He's a top six player. He's big. He's strong. He's physical. Um, and again, Marshan, love him, love him to death. I just think he brings so much to the table. And I just really feel like uh, you're talking about Bruce Cassidy and like that leadership group in Boston too. And, and again, with Washington, these are both championship caliber teams. The leadership groups are amazing. I, I, but I see a guy like Marshan and Bergeron, they really, even Pasternak now, these guys are, um, you know what? They wear their hearts on their sleeves. They, they go out and they, they set an example and they'll set the tone in this series. They'll, they'll be ready to play. And I really feel like um, you talk about Taylor Hall for me. It, again, it comes down to, I think, and he, like I said, he's had a great second half of the year. Uh, David Krejci might be the, the most underrated second-line center in hockey. I still don't think enough people talk about how how amazing – he's an amazing hockey player. Uh, great skill. He's a big man too. But, again, his poise, his his ability to uh, distribute pucks. I think I think Taylor Hall might have found some 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 magic or some chemistry with him. And, and, and again, Krejci, again, he's on the number one power play too to play that role as well. But – what a, what a really good second line center to have. But, but you got to keep in mind too, Krejci last year, people thought his career was over. You know, Krejci, yeah. he wasn't, he was a healthy scratch, you know, for some games, you know, so he's kind of had a little bit of a resurgence in his career as well. And, yeah. and, and it's been interesting. The thing about Tom Wilson, even all that crap with the, with the Rangers from not long from, uh, you know, a couple or a couple weeks back and Wilson was getting strung through the coals for that. I thought the I actually thought the NHL got it right. I don't think he deserved a suspension. Everyone's losing his mind because they say he punched him in the back of the head. If Tom Wilson punched him in the back of the head as hard as he could, that guy would be he'd be critically injured right now. You know, like it was it, he yeah he hit him, 
but he did show some restraint, right? And, you know, so, you know, for a guy like that, he has to play on the edge a little bit, and I think that's when he's at his best. Oh, 100% he is. I, I found it the other way where, yeah, you know what, he might not have hit Buchnevich as badly as people thought, but the second part of it, for me, when like he knew he had Panarin in his grips, and I felt there could have been some restraint there. I know years ago, uh, you see some of the tough guys that used to play. You get a bear paw or a little face wash from a guy like even a Bob Forward. Yeah. He just did. This guy here, he he knew who he had in his grasp, and and I think he just it was a little excessive. But you know what? It's done now, um, and it didn't help that like Panarin again. Panarin and Pasternak are two of easily two of my favorite players in the league. Yeah. So um, I love Panarin, and to, if if he would have been hurt on the play like that, it would have been would have been a tough one. But again, uh, again, one more note on that on that Washington team too. Um, We've spent a lot of time talking about Boston, but again, uh, the Capitals' power play—that number one power play—is as good as there is in the NHL. Uh, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, the way they play—they play fetch in that one uh, one area of the ice. Uh, you got Kuznetsov or Backstrom on, on, on the half wall, one down low, and again looking to kind of suck some defenders down, and, and then they look for that one timer. Carlson's wonderful up top, and Ovi's always ready. And again, how many years he's been in the league, and, and not one person has been able to solve that mystery. Like that? So true. That's a mystery, man. Like yeah. think about that. <laughs> oh yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna bring we're gonna slide a guy over a little more to watch Obi. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And it has not worked yet. The That's guy, great. a wonderful goal scorer, great player. Just oh, yeah. wonderful. but again, that one timer, maybe the best one timer still in the game. And and uh again it's it's fun to watch that happen day after what? day, year after year. What? One thing I think, guys, is, is uh, Don brushed on it quickly is the is the Bruin goaltending. Uh, I mean, last year, don't forget, Rask kind of bailed on uh, on the Bruins in the playoffs, and uh, Swayman's the backup, not not uh, not uh, Halak. Uh, oh, okay. So, so Swayman's as game one, Swayman's backup. I I, I got a couple uh, uh, player props I want to run by you guys. Uh, yeah. Bet the series uh, uh, player props. I thought they were kind of fun. I just picked a couple out. I'll throw a couple at you guys from each series. Uh, I just picked and choose the ones I thought were interesting. Uh, the first one I have is uh, Brad Marchand uh, over uh, the the total goal for him is two and a half, and uh, for the series and the over pays is actually plus money, and uh, he also has a prop of, of six points for the series. Uh, Marchand against Washington this year in in the uh, in the eight games had seven goals and six assists, so he, he kind of lit them up, uh, and he's a playoff performer. Uh, I like the over on both those, the, uh, the goals, uh, over two and a half plus 120, and the points is, uh, is uh, six. So it's, if a six is a push, uh, over six minus 115. Uh, I like the over on both of those. Uh, I'll throw another one quickly at you guys. You've got Taylor Hall for two goals. Uh, I, again, I would lean over. And uh, the Ovechkin uh, one is, I found is interesting, three goals. And uh, three goals is plus money at uh, plus 125. So I'll throw those three numbers at you guys. Marchand, uh, what's four actually? Marchand, two and a half goals, six points. Ovechkin, three goals, and Hall, two goals. Uh, what do you guys think of those bets? Go ahead, uh, Don. Oh yeah, okay. uh, the, the the Marchand. Just, you know what? He plays in every situation. Uh, he plays at the end of the game. Like empty netters are there too if they're up in in uh, in the game. So um, for me, six points, almost a point a game. I, I think I think I like it. I, I would like the over on that and and the two and a half. I, you know what? I think I I would probably take that as well. Uh, they're both tough. That's a tough call, but I think the points for sure. I think he plays in so many situations that, um, for me, 
I think he can reach the uh, the six points for sure. I, I think I like that one. Uh, yeah. So to speak to that, Brad Marchand, his last five games, he's out. He, he in four out of the last five games, he's had two points a game. So you know, I, I'm actually surprised by that prop. I really am. I don't think this is going to be a low scoring series. You know, I think games are going to be four, three, four. I think it's and, going to be. And I think it's going to be a long series, Bono. Me too. I completely yeah. agree. I think it's yeah. going to be a long one too. I like the over. The one that I would go, um, I would consider going under on, or sorry, the one that I, the, my biggest lock out of all three of those would be the Taylor Hall. I really, I'm expecting Taylor Hall to just light it up this postseason. The guy has been run run through the coals this year. People have been bashing his game, saying he's washed up. He is playing for a contract. I'm expecting Taylor Hall to be in the Con Smythe conversation at the end of wow. the game. That's an early prediction from Bono there. Yeah. 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 I just think he's yeah. going to be in the conversation if Boston makes it. I really do. And the Ovechkin three three goals, guys, you guys like that? Or would you stay away from it? Or what, what do you think? You know what? Ovechkin it's three it's, it's up. On over three. So you guys get four goals to get to get the win. Yeah, four goals in a series, it, it doesn't it might not sound like a lot, but it, you never know in a series like that. Because other guys um uh, have a tendency to to show up. You know, you've got some third and fourth line guys that always contribute in playoff series. There's always somebody that's uh, maybe playing above their head or, or doing more than, than expected. But uh, four goals uh, is a lot. That's something I, I might stay away from. But again, on any given night, Ovi could be good for he could be good for two or three, and 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 again, bump that right over. Like for me, I, the, the one I like the most, I think, out of all these props, uh, I'm sticking with the Marshan maybe over six points in this series. I think I think that's one I do like. I just feel because he plays so much, like he plays in every situation, power play, power play kill end of the game uh there's always that opportunity for for more points the hall one i i am again i hope for him he has a great a, a great playoff i do because they're going to need him uh i hope he can prove some people wrong after the the, the year he's had it, it was kind of a shitty year for him uh, uh there's no doubt there but I, th- I think he's found uh uh he's, he's rejuvenated and and i think he's ready to go so um out of all those I, i'm going to stick with the march end uh, over six points in the series that's my favorite one uh out of, out of the props from this series Jim, what's your prediction in the series? I'm writing all these down for us. You know, so I, I'm got, so go, you got, actually, this is tough. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Washington. I just, I just like their. They seem to have a little more experience. I don't know. It's, it's tough. And uh, I'll in go what? Washington in six. Uh, six. As for the prop, I like the best. I'm with you, Bono. I think I go Taylor Hall over two goals because uh, I mean, you get the push at two, which is, which I, which is nice and. Uh, there's a big love affair. I, I follow a lot of Boston media in uh, on Twitter because I'm a Patriots fan, and there there is a big Taylor Hall love affair. It goes both ways. They love him. The media loves him. The players love him, and he loves it there. So I think he's going to be happy, and like Bono said, he's going to want to play. He wants to stay there. I think if, if you ask him today, he'd tell you right out that he would want to stay in Boston. So I agree. I think, I think he's going to get two or three goals in that series, and he's definitely going to get the opportunities. And they, they have a good second line, and he's, been, he's really helped that second line. Oh, so, he's... Uh, yeah, yeah that's where I would go. So we'll move on now, guys. We'll move yep. on. Uh, stay in the East. Uh, starts at noon tomorrow. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, who uh, kind of emerged as a as a little bit of a, a Stanley Cup uh, favorite going on now. Uh, they'll take on the Islanders. Uh, Pittsburgh is w- minus 135 to win the series. Pit- you get the Islanders uh, plus 115. Uh, they played eight games this year. Pittsburgh won six. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dom, what do you think of this series? 
Oh yeah, I before we get to that, Bono put me down for Boston, eh? Boston and seven, just so we I, know yeah. that. I got that. I, I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, we, these are fighting words now. We got we got our predictions down, and we, we want to make sure we can sit here and brag about it. Whether it's That's whether right. or not, we can throw each other and break each other over the coals. Um, so Pittsburgh, I got a lot to talk about here too because uh, again, um, even like the last years, you got a guy like Ovechkin. Uh, yeah, he's getting up in age, but he can still flat out play. This series here, I think Crosby's had a wonderful year. Um, and I think he really kind of turned it on that second. Like he, he had a really good second half and he started to get himself really going. Um, you start to, to, to look at it and you're looking going, Oh my God, 15 years now, these guys have been in the league. So it's, it's crazy to see these guys aging and they're still wonderful performers. And for me, Crosby still skates so well, uh, does so many little things so well. And again, his work ethic is, it's always second and none. He's just, he brings so much besides the fact. Again, he's a generational talent. But for me, the line with Brian Rust and Jake Gensel, and listen, i got to give a quick shout-out. Brian Rust uh, worked my hockey school for a couple of years with us here. He's kind of got a suit connection now, so I've got a chance to know know him. Just a wonderful, wonderful person as well. Great guy. Um, aside from the fact that right now, for me, in the last three years, this guy's turned himself into a legit top six forward in the NHL, top line forward for that. The guy is a, he's, he's an absolute, again, every situation, power play, penalty kill. Um, he plays in all situations. And, again, these last two years, last year he ended up with almost 30. Uh, he had 23 this year, I think. Him and Gensel had 23 maybe, and Crosby. They're all in that same area. But, again, Brian Russ has really brought his game to another level. Same with Jake Gensel. That top line right there mm-hmm. um, and their top power play, uh, for me, is it's, it's a wonderful thing to watch. Uh, uh, I think people didn't realize how good this team is. They're kind of there's a lot of guys that have come out of the shadows and kind of holy geez, these guys are better than we think. Like again, Gensel, Russ, these guys are top line players. Um, Malkin coming back from injury. Imagine that you get a guy like his caliber, a world class player, been hurt, been out for a while, kind of forget about him. He comes back, solidifies that first power play. I think he's going to be um, ready to go, probably rested. Uh, and then they got some guys that. Uh, Former Greyhound, Jared McCann, he's had a really good uh, run the last 20 games or so. He's played very well. Um, their backhand with Latang, he still can play. This team here, though, again, you look at their bottom six, too, and they got some players. There's Bluger and Aston Reese, and there's some guys there that uh, – Rodriguez. There's there's guys that you don't probably know about, but they, they play at a high pace. They play a fast game. Um, and for me, Jari's had a great year in that uh, they're a team that, that can be dangerous as well. Um Put that over to the Islanders. Uh, for me, they're they're kind of that, that team where you. Don't, I don't know if I know what you're going to get exactly, but I know that they, they have wonderful coach. Um, they play their system to a T. They can smother you. Uh, again, good speed. They got they have so many players that that buy in. Their back end's not very well known, like Ryan Pollock and Adam Pellick. They got some some good players. Nick Letty's still a really good solid player. Uh, Noah Dobson's a young D, but again, you got your Barzells and Bailey, Nelson, Bovillier. They got some scoring. Oliver Walsh had a good year there. Um, they are a really solid team, and they're tough to bet against just in the fact that I just think they're they're so well coached and they play within that system. They they really buy in, and I think it's that that just comes down to to, to great coaching, I think, and uh, the respect they have for their coach, um, and and it's important. So again. 
they have the they have the ability to smother and to do that. But I still think, in, in my eyes, I'm uh, I'm leaning again for sure towards Pittsburgh to get through this uh, this series. Another grinder, another tough one. Um, but I do I do like Pittsburgh at the end. So I think Dom, like you hit the nail on the head with a lot of what you said. The only thing that I would add or to what you said was the emerge the resurgence of a guy like Jeff Carter. You know, another guy from the Sioux. That has to be yeah. one of the most underrated moves you know, at the trade deadline and kind of what he's done. My concern with Pittsburgh is their goaltending. I don't trust Tristan Yari or Jari. I, I never know how to pronounce it, but I, 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 you know, I really struggle with that goaltending aspect, right? I don't know if I trust them in the playoffs. And, you know, there's countless examples that we can think of throughout the years of guys who have had pretty good regular seasons, but then come playoff time, it's a different animal, and they can't necessarily necessarily carry the load. Now, that being said, Pittsburgh has lost six games since April, and the Islanders have only won six of their last 16 games. So, you know, that being said, with all that kind of being talked about, I expect Pittsburgh to kind of walk over the Islanders. I think the Islanders are a solid young team. I really do. But I think Pittsburgh's, you know, um, just their experience, I think they're going to be okay in this round. And I'm picking Pittsburgh to win this series in five games. I think it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be a long series. And uh, I think it's important for Pittsburgh too because they are going to have a bit of a grind. And I think that they need to win this series – in you know as few games as possible to get as much rest before the next series. hundred percent. And again, uh, we go back to championship pedigree. They're they're full of it. There, like this whole Eastern Conference, like right now, that that division is like you think about it. You got Boston, Washington, and yeah. like all three teams have champ- championship caliber players. Like I said, there's the pedigree there. Uh, guys that are still wanting to prove themselves. Like for me, Crosby and Malkin at this age, it's like anything else. Um, you always want to have something to get you motivated for series. And these guys are, are at a point in their career where they don't know how much longer they're going to have at mm-hmm. this level. And they, they both can still play at a high level. And I think they want another another long run, and they're hoping to do it. I, I think they win this series too. I might take them in six, maybe not six. five. But I, but I do have Pittsburgh getting through this series. And uh, and the one point you made, Bono, which um, I had it uh, written in, in my notes too, it was, uh, again, a bit of a uh, – um, for, for Jeff Carter to come there and kind of get his his uh, game rejuvenated, um, having some, uh, I guess, playing experience with Crosby, the, the national mm-hmm. experience, the Olympic team stuff. And uh, Carter's been a clutch player his whole career, uh, the big games he's played in. So you bring a guy like that over, um, winning cups over in L.A. So he's just – that's a gr- that was a great pickup, I think, uh, probably in the dressing room as well. A guy like him uh, with the young guys and, and just a, another – another player with, with that pedigree that's really going to help them. See, for me, for me, the Islanders bore me. Uh, they, they're, they're a boring team, like you said, Don. They, they play their system. And to Bono's point, I agree with you on the on the, uh, the Penguin goaltending. You know, uh, Jari's a little bit questionable. He had a good season. Uh, you know, they, they let, they let uh, their goalie walk, uh, no problem, uh, on the offseason. And uh, they went to the young goalies, and uh, they had no problem. They let Matt Murray walk to Ottawa, and no problem. And uh, so I think they have some confidence in him. I just don't think the Islanders are, are the team that's going to exploit that goaltending weakness because they're not a strong offensive team. That's my take. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Pittsburgh in five. Also, Islanders in seven wouldn't shock me though. I got to be honest with you guys. If they can get flowing in their game and their game plan and kind of 
frustrate the the Penguins, but I am going to go with the Penguins in five. Uh, and I got some uh, I got some props here for you guys for the series. We got uh, Sidney Crosby uh, over over two and a half goals. Uh, that just it's pretty much even money. Uh, and uh, Sidney Crosby over uh, six points. Uh, though that's again pretty much even money. I, I wrote this one down for Dom because I know uh, he loves this guy. Uh, Brian Rust uh, over two goals is plus 120. So you get plus money for Rust to score over two goals. And I picked the Islanders. I went with Jordan Everly uh, over one and a half goals, and that's plus money at uh, 135. I can tell you, Everly in, in the games against Pittsburgh this year, in the eight games, he scored four goals and he got no assists. Uh, Rust in the eight games against uh, the Islanders, he got five goals and three assists. And uh, Crosby in the uh, eight games against the Islanders, he got three goals, six assists for nine points. So I give you those four guys uh, Crosby, two and a half goals, Crosby, six points. Rust two goals and Everly one and a half goals. Uh, Bono, you go first this time. So I like I like for the goals. I like Crosby on the under. Um, I find in playoff time, especially early on, I don't expect this to be a long series. I do expect Crosby though to get seven points in this series. I think he's going to set up a lot of guys. I like Crosby over on the assist aspect. In terms of Rust, the two goals. I like him at two goals, to be honest. I actually was thinking about that before. I actually thought two goals was a perfect number for him. So, I mean, obviously I would just take, I would take the over because it pays the plus, yeah. but I do, I don't, I don't expect this to be a long series and I don't expect high scoring games. I expect this to be, you know, three, one, three, two, four, two games might be a high scoring game. I don't expect a lot of goals. The one that I love the most is Jordan Eberle on the over. I do like Eberle's over because he seems to play well against Pittsburgh. He always has. So that would be, out of all of them, that's my favorite bet that I feel most comfortable about. Dom, what do you think of those four bets? Um, Crosby again, the, the over two and a half, the, the way the Islanders come out and play, and again, uh, I don't think we touched on it either. Is, uh, I like the, uh, the, the Islanders. I like Varlamov. I think he's a really good goaltender too. I do think he's he's got some... He's been around for a while. Uh, I think he's a pretty solid goaltender. And, and again, playing within that system, uh, they, they do kind of stifle you at times. Uh, so again, I think we all we are all talking about um, uh, maybe the series being low scoring. Um, Rusty is one of my guys. All right, just love. I just love the way he's kind of blossomed into uh, this top end uh, forward, and and he can score. Uh, aside to many other things, but he can score. I, I'm going to take a chance, and I, and I would say over two for him. Uh, Crosby again. I, I'm, I'm kind of with Bono. I don't know if he'll go over the two and a half. I would. I would stay away from it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, not. I wouldn't say it's it's a gimme by any stretch. I do like Crosby again to to maybe get close to that six. So I would maybe take a chance on the six points, Crosby. Uh, and Everly. What was Everly again? I'm sorry. One, one and a half. Plus one, one and a half. Yeah. One and a half plus one thirty-five. Um, again, tough one. But you know what? I, I may lean towards uh, maybe Everly pulling that off and, and uh, uh, going on the over with, with uh, Everly as well. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think I'd stay away from the Crosby. I definitely wouldn't bet Crosby under on anything because he's too good to bet under. That's right. Uh, it's not fun sitting watching your TV hoping for Crosby not to do something because he's pretty <laughs> good. Uh, I think I'd go with the Rust over and the Everly over. I like the prices, and they're low numbers. You got – you know, five, six games to score two goals. I, I kind of like that. So yeah. Uh, now we'll move on. We'll go west. 
that's the next conference that's going to start uh, tomorrow afternoon at three. Is game one between the uh, the Vegas uh, Knights and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Vegas minus two twenty seven, Minnesota plus one eighty eight. So you get some good money for Minnesota, who who, who beat uh, Vegas five out of eight times this year. Uh, they were five one and two. The two of the losses that uh, Minnesota had were in overtime. So Vegas has played. Uh, uh, Minnesota has played Vegas really well. Minnesota is a team I like. Uh, Dom, uh, what's your thoughts on this series? So for for me again, uh, the stats that you're you're telling us they're pretty they're pretty telling on how they played this year. Um, when you think of Vegas, automatically people think of of again uh, making that deep cup run a couple of years back, and um, it's it's a solid hockey team. I'll talk about Minnesota first because I think I don't think enough people realize how good this team is. I think they kind of um, come out of the again come out of the shadows again of a lot of teams and have really shown that. Uh, again, the Kaprasov kid, uh, he's 24, not a kid, but this guy's a dynamic, a, a dynamic player, and he's just really added to this team. Uh, Kevin Fiala, I think he's turning into a solid, legit goal scorer in the league. Uh, Zuccarello, always been a, a good player for me. So they got some, some really talented guys up front. Where they're really good too, and again, uh, we don't talk about it a lot, um, is their back end. The back end is, it's a solid back end. I, I think there's... They're top four D. Like you got Spurgeon, Dumba. Like you got Suter, Brodine. Like you're looking at a really good top four that can shut down and, and, and do a really good job. Um, for me, uh, I, it's funny because I've watched them play three or four different times in, in the last couple of months, and Talbot's been excellent every time I've watched. Uh, I, had, I it was actually I'm trying to think. It was probably a couple of months back watching him play against Vegas and and stealing a game for Minnesota. He played so well, but. Um, they're going to need him to be really good. Um, I, I do like Minnesota's uh, their team. They got some good some good veteran leadership there in guys like uh, Benino, Marcus Johansson too. They got some guys there uh, and some some big bodies. Jordan Greenway, uh, Felino. There, there's there's a good mix of players in there. But at the end of the day, and again, as good as Minnesota's been, I look at this Vegas team, and when you see them, they are so big. So fast, and again, you add that and that skill element to what they have. Plus, I think they have two uh, legitimate first, first, uh, uh, first line. Well, I would say their goaltending, the back, the, the goaltending for me right there. There's two starting goaltenders. So you got Laner, you got Flurry. Flurry's been awesome this year. But if anything happens, you, you got Robin Laner uh, as, as well. I look at their their back end, and I know I'm going on here, boys, but I look at their back end. Shea Theodore, he's just emerged as maybe one of the best D in the league. Uh, power play specialist too. He's great. Peter Angelo, absolute stud the back end for years. Uh, Alec Martinez, again, championship pedigree with the with the Kings. Check his stats out. He's had a great year. And they got some young guys in the back end like uh, Nick Hague, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, These guys are all big in the back end, long. They can move. I think there's Zach Whitecloud. They got a couple other guys, young guys that are coming in and doing a great job. And then we get up front. Um, Mark Stone, he kind of gets – um, bumped out sometimes when we start talking about guys that are, are legit uh, and per, like perennial forces in the league. Like Stone puts up numbers every year. Uh, he can score. He can dish. He does a ton of things. That number one power play with him, Pacioretty, uh, Theodore, uh, Chandler Stevenson, kind of a guy that nobody really talks about. They love him as a as a first-line center with uh, Stone and Pacioretty. 
-hmm. Then you get these other guys. You, 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 like for me, Alex Tuck plays on their third line. This guy's 6'3", can just absolutely fly, can score goals. Uh, then you got Marshall, so Carlson, uh, uh, Riley Smith. That's a great second line. So for me, I'm still looking at their depth. You got Carrier, uh, Nick Raw. They're, they're just so big. And I think when you get to a playoff series, when you start grinding um, and, 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 and looking to go six and seven games and, and I look at the, the, the way they're built, besides, besides the speed and, and the skill of the game, they're, just, they're big and long. And I think they might grind down uh, the Minnesota Wild, I think. And uh, uh, I'll actually I'll, – I'll probably – I'm going to go seven, but I'm going go, to go Vegas. I think it's another – I think it might be longer than people think. I think Minnesota is a very good team, but I, I do like Vegas still. I just think there's they have so much to offer in so many aspects of the game, and, and I like their coach. I think they they got a really good go, coach in uh, in Pete DeBoer. All right, so I'm going to be short and sweet here because the I'm Las Vegas Knights, <laughs> the Las Vegas Knights, are the most frustrating team, and I hate. I just I don't okay. I, I see you're getting me worked up here because you were talking positive about Peter DeBoer. Peter DeBoer is my least favorite coach in the NHL. He always has been. I couldn't stand him when he was here in the in the OHL. I couldn't stand him in Kitchener. I couldn't stand him in San Jose. I think that I think he's had things given to him and opportunities presented to him that he doesn't deserve. And I think that this Vegas team is a prime example of being held back by their coach. On paper, this is one of the best teams in the NHL, and there is no reason why the Las Vegas Knights aren't in first place by 20 points. That team is stacked from top to bottom. You know, to your point, you've talked a lot about it, Dom. I just, I can't understand why they are so inconsistent. And it, and, and, and that goes to, to me, that goes to coaching. I think you've, you talked about um, Kaprizov. He's the one player in the NHL. I don't think people talk enough about, well, there's one other one, but we'll get to him later. I think he is an outstanding young player and one of the best in the league. And I, and I, I really, really love his game and love everything he brings to it. You're right on paper. I think Vegas, I'm calling Vegas to win this series in five games because they should win this series in five games. <laughs> the issue is, is I just don't trust them. Right. And you know, Vegas is one of those teams that I can easily see winning the Stanley cup. But I can also easily see losing in the first round. Yeah. They are the team that drives that I find the most unpredictable in this playoffs. They, they uh, again, sorry, Jim. They're yeah. uh, they definitely have like for me, like I said before, it's just um, they have the ability to throw four four lines and with size and strength in the back end. And and I, like you said, they just there's so much to like about them. And like you said, yeah, the inconsistency has been there, but. I'm, I'm looking at a team where I feel, and as much as I like the way Minnesota's played, I think Caprissaw is just unreal. He's just a beautiful player to watch. Those are my type of players. I can watch him play all day. Uh, again, it's you can get stuck just focused on him uh, every shift. That, that's the type of player he is. And again, Fiala, dangerous as can be for a good young player. Like I, I do, I enjoy him too as a good young player. But I think at the end of the day, um, uh, Vegas has that ability, I think, to, to grind teams down. Um, and, and they're just, it's a pretty talent laden squad. So, um, you make sense though, Bono, with a lot of your points, I'm just, I'm just, uh, going on, on the fact that again, maybe on reputation, uh, with this one too, that I, I just do think they have a lot to offer still. I'd, I'd love to pick Minnesota here. I, I find Minnesota really fun to watch. Uh, they're one of those teams when, when you're flipping channels and you see Minnesota's on, you want to, you want to watch them. 
It's kind of the opposite. The Islanders, to me, I don't want to stop and watch. Minnesota, to me, are, are a fun young team. They're good to watch. Cam Talbot's had some great playoff runs over the yeah. last couple of years. A couple of years ago in Edmonton, he had a good run. He was good in Calgary. Uh, seems like a you know a kind of guy that 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 guys like to play for. Vegas is probably just a little bit too strong. Uh, that, that's a tough one. I think Minnesota can extend them. I think Minnesota could possibly win, but I'm going to go Vegas in seven. Uh, I got I got some some four good bets here. You guys are going to like them. There, uh, I went more with low numbers here. There's not a, lot, a ton of offensive stars in this series. There, there's good, a lot of good, good players, but offensive stars, uh, there's not a ton of them. So I got uh, Kaprasov over over two and a half goals. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's minus one fifteen, and uh, I got uh, Carlson over one and a half goals. William Carlson over one and a half goals pays even money. Uh, I got Zuccarello uh, over one and a half goals plus one ten. And Zuccarello over four points plus 120. Now, I went to Zuccarello on those because I thought they were kind of fun. In the eight games uh, against Vegas, he had two goals, five assists, seven points. Uh, Kaprasov in the eight games uh, had six goals, two assists, and eight points. And uh, Carlson was two, four, and six in the uh, games against uh, Minnesota. So we got Kaprasov over two and a half goals. Uh, Carlson over one and a half goals. Zuccarello over one and a half goals. And four points, uh, Dom. What do you what do you, you like anything there? Um, I look at the Kaprasov uh, is interesting. I again, you, sometimes you get caught in these tendencies to think uh, that that uh, like a, t- a team is just going to maybe shut down a player in a series. Um, I don't know that for sure. Kaprasov's numbers are showing that he's he's been great this year against Vegas. Uh, six goals, like you said, uh, two and a half um, might be a tough one. I would I would stay away from it. Um, I can see him scoring two in the series, probably getting five or six points. But I don't, I don't know if he's going to score three or four. He may. I think he's. I think, like I said, I think he's a wild player. I, I, I'm just. It's a tough call. I, I, I have the tendencies to get a little. Uh, I have a little trepidation in that one as well. Um, he's still, like I said, he's still maybe on the board and do a lot. But uh, three goals. Sometimes you never know in a series. Eh? You, like you think about it. Three, three, three is a tough number sometimes. Mm-hmm. Great players may go a whole series and not score at all. You know what I mean? We and we know that through experience. So the two and a half, I would stay away from. Uh, Carlson, one and a half. That's another one. I don't see him as a pure goal scorer. Too. He could very well pull it off. Uh, he's on their second power play unit. Like there's, uh, I think him, Smith, Marsh, or so. Uh, so they're more of a second power play unit. He may get that opportunity again. I'm staying away from that that bet. The one and a half. Not sure if I really like it. Uh, Zuccarello, um, that line itself is a good line. It's one and a half, Jim, and four points. One and a half and four points. I like the four points again. I mean, I'm staying away from the goals, but I, I think Zuccarello with that line, they may be able to to they'll play they'll play a lot in that series, and they're going to probably need them to be uh, playing at their best. I think four points, and and I think the series goes six or seven games. I think Zuccarello can put up uh, the four points. I'll stay away from his goal total as well, but. So I agree with you on the Kaprasov. I, you know, I have I have a lot of hesitation taking young players to light it up in the playoffs. You know, it's a whole nother, it's a whole different animal. You know, so I like Kaprasov on the under. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna have a great series. I think he's gonna, you know, leave his make his mark on the series. Maybe just not so much by putting the puck in the net. Yeah. So I do like I do like him in the under. I love Zuccarello in the over. I love that one. That might be my favorite prop in this whole series. The other one I really like 
is I, I agree with you about Carlson not necessarily being a goal scorer, but I always tend to rely on experience in the postseason. And Carlson has experience and does produce in the postseason. He does. He's a player. So, yeah, so it, it, it's a tough call, and it's a good number, one and a half. But I do think Carlson can eat, can get two or three goals in this opening yeah. series. I really do. Oh, Carlson, like uh, two or three years ago, I had like 40 goals. Did he not? He, he can score. Oh, yeah. He's well, he can score, yeah. Performer. I actually I, – I never bet unders. A lot of people don't bet unders. I don't like unders. I would bet the Kaprasov under. I, I wouldn't love it. It's going to be a tough series. He's a he's a young. He, I mean, he's a, he's he's an older player, but he's a he's a first year uh, player in the NHL. It's a tough team to play against. He's playing against really good goaltending. I don't think he's going to play poorly, but I think it's going to be a tough goal for him. I, I would actually bet the uh, the Kaprasov under, and uh, I like the Carlson over Zuccarello, and I, I like his goals over actually more than his points. So, but uh, time to move on. We go to the uh, Avalanche uh, against the uh, St. Louis Blues. Starts Monday night at ten. Uh, the Blues kind of got hot late in the year. They looked like they were going to not make the playoffs for a long time. Uh, then they got hot. They made a couple moves here and there. Uh, now, always a scary team, not that far removed from the Cup. And, uh, you know, Colorado went 5-3 and three against them this year. Uh, Colorado won the President's Trophy. They're, they're, they're possibly the best team in the NHL, uh, arguably. Um, but St. Louis is a tough out. What, what do you think here? I'll go to Bono first on this one. What do you think here, Bono? Okay, so my thoughts on this series, and I've been excited to talk about this because I think, oh, sorry, I think the most important player in the NHL that no one talks about is Devin Taves from Colorado. Nobody knows who this defenseman is, and I think he is one of the most underrated players in the league. He was acquired from the Islanders for two second-round picks. He's now an assistant captain. He's playing more than Kale McCarr. He's averaging over 25 minutes a game. This is a player who has developed this year more than anybody. He's the most improved player in the NHL this year. All right? He is the turning point. He is the key. He is the, you know, the oil on the grease that keeps that Colorado D going. And he's the player that nobody talks about, in my opinion. I love him as a player. I... I I, I'm all in on Colorado. I love Colorado. I love their team. I love their depth. I love the way they play. Um, I, I expect them to have a deep run here, and I do. I, I hear what you're saying about St. Louis. You know they're battle tested. You know, but I do think yeah, I do think St. Louis is a little. You know, they're, they're a year or two away still. I think from from really making a lot of noise. Um, I, I'm I'm all in on Colorado. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win the cup necessarily, but I expect a deep run from them, and I expect them to handle St. Louis in five games. Dominic, well, Bono, yeah, you've uh, kind of clearly stated that uh, you're an Avs guy right now. That's which is great. You know what? Yeah, I have a hard time betting against that team right now. Again, you win the President's Trophy um, as the number one team in the NHL regular season. And I see no reason why they can't, again, make a deep playoff run or even win the cup. Uh, up front, loaded. All right, that top line, again, that's an arguable, uh, again, best line in hockey maybe with Ratton and Landis Gog and uh, um, uh, Nathan McClellan. So you have those three guys there. It's funny. You look at those, like Ratton uh, scoring goals at a, at a high pace this year. McKinnon does everything, again, with his speed. His speed is close to maybe anybody, like, for Connor McDavid, again, on his own speed-wise, but McKinnon's pretty darn close there with that speed and, and the ability to handle the puck at that pace 
and, and the things he can do uh, at such high speed. So that line there, and then you got a Landis God for me. He's like, uh, he's like my mini Peter Forsberg. He's, he's kind of in that category. Too. He does so many things uh, besides he can put up numbers. So that top line is, is, is incredible. And their secondary scoring with Burakovsky, you got Donskoy, uh, Kadri. They have a, the top six there is good. And, and they had Tyson Jost uh, was hot the other night. They have, they have a ton of uh, excellent secondary scoring too there. Uh, Nachushkin's had a really kind of a turnaround since he left Dallas. Uh, guy was a first round pick, big, big, strong body. They're, they're, they're a nice team uh, up front, deep. Uh, and like you said, Bono, love, I love their D, their back end. Mobile, Makar's, Makar, even Gerard, uh, power play specialist, both can, they can all fly. But Taves, again, that was a great point on your part. People do not talk about him enough, uh, but he's, he's a, a, just a, what, what an addition he was to that team. Um, uh, and I don't know how Bo and Byram, if he's still hurt, they, they're just, they're deep, they're fast, they, they play a, a skilled game, but they're, like I said, it's, they'll, be, they'll be a fun team to watch in the playoffs. That's what gets me excited about the NHL playoffs. We get a chance to see a team like this, uh, the young, skilled guys going at it. I like Grubauer, too. I think he's a really good goalie, and I think he's healthy. I think he's a solid goaltender. I think they win this series. In, I, I'll I'll be a little more conservative. Say maybe six, Colorado in six, but I don't mind Colorado in five. I just think they are deep, um, and they're poised for for a run. And I think they want to show people now that they're uh, this is their time, and and they're they're going to push push teams to the break. And quickly too, you know, you talk, sorry, Jim, you talked about McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon is you know we don't talk about him enough up here in Canada. He is the most likable hockey player in the NHL, in my opinion. How people cannot like that story of you know, you you read the stories about him in Colorado and how people were telling him to get the hell out of Colorado early on. And he said, No, I want to win a championship in Colorado when they were, you know, a bottom team, not making the playoffs. And people are telling him that he's wasting his time in Colorado. And he started that. He built that foundation in Colorado and didn't want to leave. I think that he is one of the most underrated good guys in hockey, and it's really difficult to not cheer for a guy like Nathan McKinnon. A hundred percent, he is. He's a likable guy, and like I said, that's the best. Uh, the top, I would say the top three lines in hockey are, any night they could be the best line. There's a couple other lines I really do enjoy. Like I said, the Boston line, I love uh, watching them play. But again, great guy. I think he is. He's a happy. He's again. You want to cheer for these guys. Him, another guy for me, like Pasternak. When I go back to Boston, the guys are—they're smiling, they're happy, they love hockey. They want to play, they want to win. They're young, they're exuberant, they want to go. And you got, like I said, you got a guy like Landeskog who plays like he's been in the league for 15 years. Like this guy's a—he's been—he's been a leader since he was 16 years old, coming to the OHL and Kitchener. This guy, like they got a great leadership group there too, uh, as young as they are. And I, th- I think that they could be well on their way to being a dominant team for. For quite a few years yeah and I, I said i think st louis is a tough out they are i don't think st louis is deep enough i don't think I, their, their goaltending kind of took a step backwards this year you know you got you play a little better later in the year i i, I don't i think this is a nice matchup for colorado and uh, i'm gonna go with colorado in five I, I think a big thing here guys when i throw these props at you i got actually six numbers i'll throw at you pretty quickly two of them are, are two for two of the same guys uh how long is the series going to go? Because these are kind of big numbers. So that's going to be a key factor when we look at these. I got McKinnon, three and a half goals, seven and a half points, both playing, both paying plus money. I got Rantanen, three and a half goals, six and a half points, both playing, paying plus money. 
how long is the series going to go? I mean, you, are you going to get are you going to get eight points in five games? Well, he could, he definitely could, but that makes it a lot tougher, right? And uh, I, you know, he did light them up this year too. McKinnon got uh, got fourteen points against St. Louis this year, so he did light them up. Rantanen didn't though. Uh, and then I threw out the Hoffman. Uh, I got him uh, one and a half goals plus money plus one ten. I think St. Louis is going to have to score on the power play if they're going to compete. And uh, he's a shooter, uh, so I, I threw that on there. And uh, the heart and soul of the the Blues is uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, if they're going to go anywhere, he has to score goals. He has to carry them. He's only two goals, two goals plus one ten. Uh, so you know we got McKinnon three and a half goals, seven and a half points. Rantanen, three and a half goals, six and a half points. Hoffman, one and a half goals. Uh, Riley, two goals. Every one of those bets for the over is plus money. Tom, what do you think of those? Anything jump out at you there? Um, before we even go there, just, just uh, um, we, we didn't talk a lot about St. Louis. I just wanted to maybe give some props to a guy like, like David Perron this year. Like, what a year. Mm -hmm. um, this guy here, over a point a game. Like, And he's always been a good player, a good offensive player, but he scored some goals again this year. The other night, uh, just watching the highlights again, like he scored a couple gorgeous. Like his release is is ridiculous. This guy can still play at a high level. And like like Jim was saying, uh, if this team has any chance, uh, a guy like Hoffman and again heart and soul guy O'Reilly, they, they got to be on the top of their game. And I like some of their other guys like Krug and Falk in the back end, but they're going to need they're going to need lots from those guys. Um, I, I don't think they have the depth of Colorado. Uh, they had their run there, and I, I think they are lacking a little bit there. So I, I just wanted to let that uh, – I just wanted to make that point. Those guys we talked about, the, they're important to the team, like Schwartz, Tarasenko. Uh, I think Tarasenko lost a bit with uh, all he's had to deal with uh, injury-wise. I think he's just kind of getting going. He's getting back into the, the groove of playing. He was out so long this year. And, and I think Schwartz has had kind of a – because he's a very good player, another guy that's been a solid guy in, in St. Louis for years. So uh, in terms of that, um, like I said, they have some good veteran players. I still think Colorado's got too much. So back to the bets, guys. Sorry, I was rambling on. Um, I, I may. What was it? Seven and a half, Jim. The Perron or the uh, McKinnon? McKinnon, seven and a half points. Three and a half goals, seven and a half points. Yeah, these are tough ones. They're the three and a half goals. I, I'm gonna. I would take a chance. I'm gonna say McKinnon's gonna come out hot, uh, and I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him the over on the three and a half. Uh, he's gonna come out and play and, and play and, and and lead this team right away. Um, again, it's a tough one, but I, I, I'm going to take him, uh, the over three and a half. Um, the other one with, you have Hoffman one and a half? Hoffman one and a half, O'Reilly two. You know what? And, and Hoffman's kind of caught, caught a little, he's been okay the last, uh, there was a time there they were scratching him. And after they, scr they scratched him for a few games off and on, uh, he was kind of out of favor there for a bit, came back and he's a guy that that's what he does. He scores goals. He's a power play guy. You know what? I might even take the over on the Hoffman just as a as something there. Other than that, that's where I would uh, – Rantanen's had a great year of goal scoring, but it was either one or the other to pick. And and Jim had said that uh, Rantanen's numbers weren't as good against St. Louis, so I'm, I'm going to lean towards maybe McKinnon scoring scoring the four goals. Rantanen can easily do that too, but I'm going to stay away from that. I think for me, maybe the over with Hoffman <laughs> and the over on uh, McKinnon goals. Bono, you got any feeling on those bets? Yeah, so for me – you know, three and a half goals is a lot. It's it a really lot. is, right? But there's not a doubt in my mind that either Rantanen or McKinnon are going to get it. If I were if I were to put my money down, I would put my money on Rantanen um, on the over just because I find Rantanen's more of a goal scorer. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, McKinnon's a goal scorer too, but McKinnon's 
silky smooth with the puck and he likes to set guys up. And so I do like that. The Ryan O'Reilly one, I like him as a player. I think two goals is good, is a good number for him. Um, I do think he'll go over. I think there'll be a game where O'Reilly gets a couple and then maybe he snipes an empty netter later on if they are able to win a game. The one that I would, the one that, okay, Mike Hoffman, I could go on a tangent about Mike Hoffman. Mike Hoffman, to me, I would not want him on any team that I ever coached, all right? Mike Hoffman is one of those guys who is just infuriating. He's, you know, for his career, Mike Hoffman, for his career, is minus 17 in the plus-minus category. So for a guy who's putting up 70 points a year, he's a career minus 17 in the plus-minus. I just I don't like his game. I think he's one-dimensional. Well, I he's think totally that, that's right. That's, that's, but we are betting on the one dimension. That he and is, I agree, uh, and I hear on, what right? you're saying, but yeah. I just I think that I, I just don't know if it's his attitude. I don't know if you know he doesn't do well with adversity. I don't think he's good. I like the under. I really do. I, I don't think Hoffman I, – I don't have a lot of faith in Mike Hoffman as a hockey player. Um, he's one of my least favorite players in the league just because of his game. And yeah. Dom, you, Dom, you're a coach. Just quickly, because I know we got to go here. I know we got to move on. But just quickly, just for 30, 45 seconds, what's, what's your take on Hoffman as a coach? Because I don't see it. I don't understand why teams want him or why teams would pay him money. And again, that's part of that's part of the uh, the intrigue at that level. He's always got there's something there that 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 interests coaches, and then there's the other stuff. Uh, again, the factors before in Ottawa, stuff that had taken place. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there was uh, off ice incidents and, and whatever occurring with his whatever. There's that whole other um, yeah. cloud of, of black uh, black clouds in the background there with some some stuff like that that had taken place. But again. Any guy that has the potential to maybe put up 35 to 40 goals in a season, there's always going to be intrigue. There's always going to be um, coaches. And, and Jim will tell you, um, we have a bit of, not I wouldn't say arrogance, but every coach is going to say, you know what, I might be that guy to be able to turn this guy around. Yeah, I, 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 I can do this. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'll talk to him. We'll let him know this is his role. This is what we want from him. These are my expectations. Every guy is going to do it, and everybody, everybody's going to say, I, I got something I can do to make him a better player uh, and to bring out the best in him. Again, like Jim was saying, as a prop bet, one and a half goals, I know exactly the type of player he is. He's been like that for how many years now? We know what he is. He's a shooter. He's a power play guy. He's a specialist in those situations. He's not, again, um, in terms of the other players we had talked about, not in that category. But again, as a pure shooter uh, in a seven-game series, he could get hot. he could turn some heads and, and, and maybe have a, a series like that. But again, um, you know what you're getting with him. He is very one dimensional. Uh, Bono, I'm, I got your, I got your back on that one. Uh, your feelings towards him. I don't know enough about him in terms of that, but as a coach, I can see people definitely saying, Oh my man, like this guy, he's, why, why are people giving up on him? We got to give this guy back at it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 My, my point actually, and then we'll move on quickly to the next series. My point on Hoffman, actually, I don't think people really want him, Bono. He had a hard yeah. time getting signed this year. Yeah. The first waivings, uh, yeah. signings went on. He didn't get signed. Then That's he signed right. a, a, a PTO contract with uh, with St. Louis, and then he ended up signing in camp. So and he didn't get a lot That's of a money. That's a good point. And yeah. actually, there was lots of talk that they were going to move him at the trade deadline. So I don't yeah. think they love him either. But he can shoot a puck, and there's guys that can shoot a puck are always going to find a home, and uh, he can score yeah. goals. And he he's a big when it, when he fires on their power play. He scores. So uh, Jim, let's move Jim, on. I think I think this is a series we can maybe uh, Jim, make up a little little bit of time on because we're yeah, getting sorry, a little long. 
Sorry, Jim. What's your prediction? What's your prediction for that series? Avs in what? Avalanche in five. Okay. Okay. Uh, we can go over this one pretty quickly because I don't think Nashville is a too exciting team to me, anyways. Carolina at Nashville uh, starts Monday night at eight o'clock. We got Carolina, big favorite, minus two seventy-eight. So uh, you have to bet two hundred and seventy-eight bucks to win a hundred on Carolina, and Nashville plus two twenty-five. Uh, season series, Carolina won six out of eight games. Uh, I really like Carolina. I think they're another team that could make could make a nice run. Uh, they're one of my one of my cup favorites. Uh, I don't like Nashville. They're, they're they they had a poor season. Uh, their goaltending has been really suspect. Uh, you know, I I think Carolina is a walk here. Uh, that's my take. Dom, what do you think? Um, you know what? I'm actually going to start with Nashville and just let you guys know when I think of some of the guys that are there. There are these retreads. Guys like Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson, they haven't done it for me in years. And they just continue to underwhelm me as a spectator, as a fan of the game, as a coach. I, I, I don't get it. They have some beautiful players. Like a Roman Yossi is a top five NHL D. Love him. You feel bad that he's in a situation like that where he's uh, – because, again, you see what they have up front. There's, there's some good players there, though. Phil Forsberg, great player. I still think he brings it. Plays hard. Arvidsson up front. Uh, they got some good young talent there. Like Granlin's a solid player uh, in terms of he, he's you know what you're gonna get. But like I said, these underwhelming performances from a guy like Johansson, Duchesne, uh, uh, it's just there's just not enough there. There's just definitely not enough. Tyler Janot is a young kid that that's been playing well or uh, lately for them. Uh, but you got Ekholm and like I said, Yossi in the back end. Guys, I think about Ryan Ellis, still excellent players, some solid players, but they just again. Depth isn't enough with that team. They're going to struggle mightily, I think, against a Carolina team, which Jim already he had alluded to earlier. This team here, Carolina, again, I think can easily get to a final. Uh, don't know if they will, but I think they easily can. They roll four lines too, and they are fast. All right, they play at a high tempo, um, and again, they have they have some some players that maybe we don't talk enough about, uh, like Sebastian Alves. To me, he's he's a wonderful young talent. Svechnikov. Again, didn't put up huge numbers as a goal scorer. I still think he's going to be a 40-goal guy in the league. Uh, Taravainen, Vincent Trocek, I swear doesn't get enough credit too at times. And these are just their top end guys. You throw Niederreiter, Martin Nietzsche, good young player that's been really good this year. And then you have their back end. Dougie Hamilton plays like a fourth forward. He, he puts he's got 200 shots on net again, I think, this year. This guy can bring it on the power play. Uh, Jacob Slavin, probably one of the better uh, all-around defenseman you're going to find in the game. Pesci. Uh, and I like their goaltending, too. I think Mrazic, and I, I don't even know how to say the buddy's last name, Nijelzevic or Alex, whatever. Nijelzevic, yeah. Yeah, Nijelzevic. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. again, when I look at this team, though, um, depth, speed, uh, and what they bring every night, they, they, they are a very difficult team to play against. Uh, they'll be a tough out. And, again, um, Rod Brindamore, imagine him when he tells you, buddy, time to pick it up. All right. He's got those, he's got the veins popping in his neck. He's probably wearing, he's probably coming out of the weight room after a game. He's already jacked up. And, and when your coach is that intense and that into it, even as a coach, so the guy's in better shape than half of his players. Like this guy means business. He's a good coach. He's been there, been a great captain. You look at his nose, it's probably going in about four directions, Brindamore. He's been through the wars. Uh, uh, he wants his team to play as hard as he coaches. So uh, they're a good team, really good team. So 
I, I agree with you. So I'm going to try and, uh, you know, I have a, I have a, a real soft spot for Carolina and, uh, and sometimes I get a little choked up actually talking about Carolina just because of the relationship that they have formed with, um, you know, with, they formed with two kids that I, I, you know, pretty well. One of them's passed on now, but, you know, Skylar Catling and, and Nathan Catling and what that organization has done for that, for, for that family. And, and, and I mean, I could go on for hours about what they've done and just a, a pure class organization. And it's great to see where they are right now. You know, the only thing I'm going to say about Nashville is I put Nashville in the same category as Vegas. You know, I don't understand how John Hines is an NHL coach still to this day. You know, it's the good old boys club. This guy's a, you know, he had a losing record in it with when he was in New Jersey. You know, he's got, to your point, Dom, you look at that roster, there's no reason why they shouldn't be doing better, right? I don't like him as a coach. I don't trust him as a coach. Um, you know, I, I just, I Nashville is one of those teams that I think they should be doing so much better than they are. And I love Carolina. I love everything about them. I love their team. And you've pretty much hit the nail on the head with all that stuff. So, I mean, Nashville's turnaround the second half of the season. They deserve some credit for that, absolutely. But, um, you know, I, I'm a hu I'm on the Carolina bandwagon all the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go Carolina in four, Bono. Write me down. I, I think it's going to be a sweep. I, I, I actually think Nashville kind of wanted to rebuild it. I, I think they wanted to not – I don't know. It's weird because they got hot late in the year. I think they're, they they have a lineup, they, a roster that they don't really like, and they would like to get rid of some guys. And they by the time trade deadline rolled around, they were kind of in the hunt, and they they stayed with it. That's just my feeling. I, yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that. It, it, it really is. It's um, a mashup. It really like when I look at that team, I, I'm going, what direction are they going in? It is a yeah. mashup of players. Like Tolvanen, they got a, a young guy there, and like I said, the uh, the Janone kid uh, has been playing a little bit. Uh, yeah, there's, they're just a bunch of, for me, I see it as a bunch of guys. I don't, I don't get where yeah. they're going with that team. I don't see, uh, their end game. What do you like Don? quickly on the props here, guys? I got that. Five. Nashville, or, or, uh, sorry, Carolina and five. Okay. Uh, yep. I got, I got, I got Aho in, uh, for two and a half goals and six points. Uh, the two and a half goals is plus 125. So it's decent money. Uh, and then we got Forsberg, uh, for two goals plus 130. And Forsberg for four points plus one ten. Aho got uh, eight points in the eight games against uh, Nashville this year, and Forsberg only played six times against Carolina, and uh, he only got three points. Uh, I, I would go under on everything because I think that it's going to be a short series. Forsberg two goals maybe is scary to go under on, but uh, I just think it's going to be a short series, and, and uh, I don't think it's going to be a lot of goals. But that I, I don't even know if I'd bet anything on this series to be honest with you. So you guys. I'll yeah, I'll go quick. I'll make it quick. I think Aho over on points under in goals. I like Aho. Aho sets up people left, right, and center, and that's what he's done all year. And that's he's a playmaker. Uh, Forsberg, Philippe Forsberg is one of my favorite players in the NHL, so I'll always go over. I've always loved Forsberg's game. To what you said, Dom earlier, I just I love everything about Forsberg's I game. I like him too. I'm, I just, I'm afraid of the amount of games, but I, I like him. Me too. too. Yeah. Yeah, he would be worth. He might be worth a pick there, just just because of that. And I think like he he is. He's their best player, I think, uh, up front. I think Yossi is their best player overall. I think Forsberg's their best forward, and they're going to rely on him a lot. I, I I like the way he plays too. Um, if anybody on that team up front, he may be a guy. I might I might uh, sprinkle a little bit of money on the over on him. But other than that, uh, again, because Jim said this could go for this might only be a four game series, so staying away from maybe the points 
or the totals and the goal for Ajo, it's, yeah, you never know. So I'm going to stay away from those. Maybe the Forsberg over. And moving on into the second series in the, uh, in the central actually starts tomorrow night at seven. This is a fun series, uh, Florida, uh, and Tampa, Florida's the underdog, uh, plus 127 and Tampa's the favorite at minus 149. Uh, Florida won five of the games, uh, five of the eight games this year. And, uh, they're, so they're five, two and one, they lost one in overtime. So, uh, Florida carried the series. Tampa gets back Kucherov, gets back some guys, uh, you know, uh, the, the shifty old uh, injury list, uh, hide, hide your salary, uh, whatever. Uh, I like Florida. They got some of the most underrated players in the league. There's no doubt about it. Huberdo, Barkov, these guys are really, really underrated. You don't hear about them. They're hardly ever on TV. They had a fantastic season. They come in as an underdog. This, this, we, we've all been stamping favorites and agreeing on everything. I think, I think in here, I'm going to be the first guy I'm going to go. I am going to pick Florida in this series. I, I just like their team. And uh, Tampa's kind of a mosh to me, too. They, they are very, very talented. And they have, you know, the guys coming back. I mean, is Kucherov coming back going to disturb them? Is he going to really help them? I mean, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. So uh, that, that's my feeling. Uh, you know, it, it's a tough one. I, I'm going to lean Florida. I'm going to go Florida in six. Bono, if you want to write that down, uh, I'll, yep. I'll sum up at the end. And I'll throw, I got a lot of props here. Uh, I'll try to shorten it down a bit, though. Uh, uh, so what do you guys think? So I'll take it. I'll go, first, I'll go first here, Dom, because I won't be very long either. But I, um, you know, I've been shooting on a couple coaches here. But on the other hand, I think John Cooper is one of the best coaches in the NHL. I love John Cooper. You know, the one year, sure, he, they were upset in the first round. You know what? I think that was the best thing that could have happened to him. I think he kind of learned a lot from that. I love coaches who are able to adjust. That's what I love. It drives me nuts when coaches no matter what sport, say this is what I run and this is what I'm running. I think John Cooper changed his coaching philosophy after that a little bit, changed a little bit of his system, and I really like him as a coach. Do I expect a lot from Kucherov? No, I don't. You know, I, do I think he'll come out and play okay? I think he will. I do think Tampa, you know, I, I'm, I agree with you, Jim. I've always liked Florida. My thing is I don't trust Florida. That's, it's, it's that simple. You know, is Florida the better team? Yeah, you can argue they're the better team. Should they win the series? You can argue that. I don't trust them. I just don't. I don't think they're time-tested and true yet. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll be pretty quick with this, but I agree. Like, you know, Stamkos and Kucherov back, and, and you know, I, I do. I, I just – I trust John Cooper. <laughs> what about your other boy uh, coaching uh, Florida? Your former, uh, former Hawk. I know, I know. I – Listen, quite, okay, I got feelings on him too. So, and then, you know what, he's a good coach. I just think he is what he is, you know, and I always thought this. I thought it, went, it was good. It was, he was great with what he had in Chicago. He was great there, right? I don't want to say the game's kind of passing him by a little bit, but he has that little bit of an old school philosophy. And I find that, you know, he's a little bit apprehensive to make a lot of changes. And it's working out because I think Florida has such a good team. Yeah. But I do. I, I, just, I just expect Cooper to do it, and I expect Tampa to do it. And, Dom, you're a coach. So that's why I wanted to go first, because I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on, on, what, on what, I, what I said and see if you agree, disagree, kind of where you're thinking and where your head's at with that. You know, yeah, I, I believe, like, with, with a guy like John Cooper again, he, he's, I think he's, he's, he's brilliant, too. He's, he's a good coach. I think he's great with his players, the way he treats his players. Uh 
and so well respected by his players, which is a huge thing. Some players may may not like their coach, but respect him. But I think he's got both. I think it's, I think his players like him too, uh, aside from the respect they have for him. And again, he's been able to change that team. There, it's uh, Jim was saying too. It is such a tight. That's going to be a tight series again. Uh, Florida has, for me, I think they've been. I think they shock some people, surprise some people with how they are. But people that don't get to see them enough don't realize the world-class talent they have in, in like Barkov and Huberto are they're world-class players. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, adding pieces like Duclair has been awesome. He's had, he's had, he's again, he started that resurgence last year, but he was a great pickup this year. When asked what happened to Sam Bennett, it's a new Sam Bennett. Uh, add some grit there. And he's been, he's been great. Uh, Carter Verhage, uh just come back from being injured, uh, having a, um, a wonderful season. That's a breakout year for him after leaving Tampa Bay and winning a cup there. Um, the thing that scares me a little bit, I I like even I even like Flores back in, but losing Ekblad was huge. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was on a tear this season too, and again, great defensively, but offensively, the numbers he was putting up too as a defenseman. So, but then there's another guy that's just kind of picked his game up, uh, Mackenzie Weger. I know a lot of people talked about him this year, how good he's been, having a great year. Uh, I think the addition of Montour there uh, helps. Uh, they're going to be they're going to be a tough out. And then again, Jim was talking about the Tampa team and what they were doing without Kucherov and Stamkos. Like Braden Point, to me, uh, again, another world-class type player. Uh, can put him in any situation. Uh, plays with heart. Plays with tenacity. Plays with soul. He plays with all that. Plays with a purpose. Yanni Gourd, kind of an underrated guy there. Mm-hmm. Third line, third, plays on their third line with all these guys coming back. But he's probably can be a top six guy. Penalty killer. Can put up points. Well, Kucherov and Stan goes back, depending on how healthy Kucherov is, it's going to be tough to bet against them. Uh, Hedman, though, this is another one, another question mark. He's banged up, and they're talking about him having some some surgery after the season. I don't know exactly the issue, but again, him not being at 100%, uh, who knows, going going through a grind, and if they get through a first or second round, who knows how how healthy he can be for, uh, for a playoff run. Uh, he's another guy to, tough to bet against. they got a veteran uh, – a veteran decor. I think it's going to be tough. I'm going to I'm going to go Tampa seven. I do like Florida too. I do like them as well. But I, again, I'm going to be kind of safe. Uh, and and uh, I would say Vasilevsky too in, in that. Uh, all that being said, there there's so many factors. But I think again, I think it'll be an entertaining series too. I'm excited to watch that series. Uh, those games will be fun. I'm, I'm going to stick with the uh, the favorite though and and take them in seven. Oh, I'd like to see a Florida upset. That it, would, it wouldn't bother me at all. So I will say this too before we move on here, Jim, or before we get to the props. A couple of years ago, um, I had the, I went down to Tampa Bay and I was able to go to a playoff game in Tampa Bay at MML Arena and you know the Thunderdome. Listen, I've been to NFL stadiums, I've been to you know I've been to a bunch of different hockey rinks, I've been to some pretty intense games, NCAA games, everything. There was something about that arena. I'm telling you guys as hockey fans, if you guys are hockey fans, you have to go to a playoff game in Tampa Bay. I got I got goosebumps just thinking about it. That environment was literally electric. Like, you could feel it. Like, there's just something about that building and that arena. It's, it's state-of-the-art. The, the scoreboards, the length of the, uh, of the, yeah. of the hockey rink. It is unbelievable, and go and that atmosphere cannot go understated about how that home ice advantage that Tampa Bay has. It is insane. 
Awesome. And you know what? I just one thing to throw in there, guys, before we, we move on. Um, Florida right now with uh, with COVID, uh, uh, the restrictions and, and with fan bases, do you guys know the exact amount of fans that are allowed? Like, Game on. It is, Fill is it, it up. Is it going to be filled up? Those Fill it up. Yep. Well, that so that makes it exciting for me, too, to have those teams playing in front of fans. Oh. That will make it more exciting this series. Yeah. It's going to be a really good series. Yeah. Okay, I got some fun. I got some interesting props here, guys. Now we, we all think it's gonna be a long series, and and to me, the, these Kucherov props are, are are insane to me. Uh, I mean, he's he's a world class player. Betting against them uh, under uh, is so hard, but he, he is he is three and a half goals. I think that's crazy. I mean, the guy hasn't played, and he's seven and a half points. Wow. I, those, yeah. those, those are big numbers for, for yeah. a guy who hasn't played. And you. I agree, Jim. Like that's I'm taking the under on Kucherov, and the only the only reason being is we're not talking about a regular season game, right? I, in all sports, of all the professional sports between baseball, football, hockey, and basketball, in my opinion, the biggest jump in play from regular season to playoffs is in the NHL. Is hockey? Yeah, it's two totally different games, two totally different atmospheres. Yeah. yeah. So I agree. I think I'd be worried about Kucherov getting hurt again. To be honest, I mean, I, I love the player. We all love me the too. Player. Me if too. He comes out in the first game and gets a hat trick. No one's going to be surprised. But no. if is he healthy for one? Yeah. How rusty is he? Yeah. And you know. Seven and a half points is a lot of points for uh, against in, in a tough series. Uh, mm-hmm. I, the one thing is it's going to be a long series, but I mean I lean under on both those. The other numbers I got for you guys, I got I love this over. Uh, I know he's a little bit more of a playmaker than a scorer, but uh, uh, Huberdo two goals uh, plus one thirty, uh, Barkov three goals plus one twenty five. That's a little high, but I and Stamkos is uh, is three goals uh, plus one forty. I wouldn't take that over either. I really like the Huberdo, uh, two goals, uh, plus 130. So I got Huberdo uh, over two goals, Barkov three goals, and Stamkov, Stamkos three goals. What do you guys think of that? Uh, so for me, uh, first off, I think the um, uh, the Kucherov issue, like you said, totally different animal. We're into the playoffs. He hasn't played a game all year. I I absolutely love him. I think he's he is just a beautiful player. Uh, again, high-end skill. Uh, uh, IQ, he, he's got it all, and and him coming back to the series, or coming back to the sorry uh, to the team, and Stamkos adding those two guys, uh, it'll be dangerous. But again, for him to score four goals in that series, and, and uh, I think you said seven and a half points, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Again, that's something I would I would totally stay away from. It's tough enough in a regular series, uh, or anybody that's played all year to come in and, and and ask them to score four goals and and maybe put up eight points. That one there, I would stay away from. Again, not surprised if he did do it, but I'm not touching it. Uh, I would take <clears> – <throat> I just like the way Barkov has been playing this year. I would take a chance on maybe him scoring over three. I like Huberto as well. Uh, over two, Stamkos again. Him being out, not sure how healthy he is. I would stay away from the Stamkos. But the two two Florida ones, those are two pretty good players. Uh, well, two great players. I would take a chance on, on, on both those guys scoring some goals. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I I like the I don't I don't think this is going to be a high scoring series. I really don't. I mean, if you look at Tampa this year, everyone just automatically assumes Tampa scores yeah. six seven goals yeah, a game. You're right, Bono. That's not what they've done this year. You know, like yeah, they they have and that's why John Cooper deserves so much credit, right? right. He, he's turned in from he's went from this highly offensive team 
to more of a defensive system this year, and it's worked for them. So, yeah, that's uh, I like the under on on on, the, on a majority of those. Yeah. Okay, I got next up. We go over to the north now. The you know uh, north. Oh. Uh, you know this year in the north. He's got a smile on his face. You know, He's got a smile on. Yeah. You're home every night. Uh, I I watch so much North Division hockey. It's not even funny. I think I watched the. I watched over 50 Edmonton games for sure. And uh, so, uh, I, I mean, I know a lot about this, this division. Uh, we'll start with the Toronto-Montreal. That starts on uh, Thursday night at 7. Toronto is a big favorite, minus 340. Uh, Montreal, plus one, plus 270. Uh, Toronto won, was 7-2-1 in the regular season against them. Uh, I mean, to me, I'll, 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 I've been going first the last couple of times. To me, Toronto's just got too much. I, 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 I watch Montreal a lot. They they don't have a, they don't have a big star. They don't have a, they don't have enough offense. Even their goaltending has now become questionable. Their D is okay. Petrie had a great year. Stuff like that. Uh, they're, they're they can be physical. And Toronto Toronto's power play has been really bad in the last uh, 25, 30 games. Like really bad. And so maybe maybe Montreal will try to rough them up a little bit. Uh, I, I can see that that might work. Uh, I, I don't see Toronto Montreal as a big threat. Uh, who knows, though? It, it's interesting. I mean, I think it'll be an entertaining series. Uh, I just don't think Montreal has enough. What do you guys think? Uh, there, yeah, there, there's a lot of factors that come into play. Uh, I'll start with Montreal. Uh, waiting for Carey Price to come back. And, and again, you hear it every year. He, he's got to be better than he was this year when he was healthy. If they have any chance, if they have any chance, he's got to be a lot better. Uh, than what he has been. Uh, I like Toronto, or I like Montreal's back end. Actually, I think I think uh, Edmondson, uh, Ben Sherratt, big bodies. Uh, Weber again, getting older, but he's solid. And Peachy's Peachy has been awesome this year, so he's had a great year. I like their back end, but like Jim said too, for me, uh, it's like having four second lines on one team. There's no there's no prominent first line. There's nobody that sticks out. I love some of their young talent. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, Suzuki's still going to be a really good player in the league. Uh, Caulfield is going to be a goal scorer. Nobody's going to take that away from that young kid. Uh, I like Josh Anderson. He's had a solid year. Uh, the last time they played, he was running, running everything in sight. He, he, he can play hard. Now, for me, uh, a guy like Brendan Gallagher, is he back? Is yeah. He, back? he is going to be back. He's going to play. Huge. That makes a huge difference for me, too. Like, having him back in the lineup, say what you want. I don't think they win the series, but he'll, he'll help make it more interesting. Uh, uh, besides, oh, and and for me, Toffoli career year, I love the way he plays too. I think he can score, um, and he can do it at any uh, time. He's just a, he's again, he's got some championship pedigree with the, the Kings. He's been there. Uh, so that being said, th that team there, like I said, a lot of four, or a lot of second line guys. Um, can they put it together? Can they maybe ramp up the intensity uh, with their aggression, with their physical style? Um, they move well too. So you know what? Maybe they cause some fits for Toronto at the point at some points in the series. Who knows? But again, if we go by talent alone, uh, talk about Toronto for a second. Again, their their dynamic duo there with uh, Matthews and Marner, uh, it's undeniable. They they do uh, even for me. Uh, always bugging my my brother in law and stuff about the Leafs and 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 giving them the gears. But those two guys together have they, they've uh, formed a, a great synergy. Uh, I, I think Marner is. Uh, he's got eyes in the back of his head. He does so much for that team. Uh, he controls the the pace of the play. Uh, he does so much. 
and, and nobody's going to deny it. Matthews is a, he's a generational talent too. He scores uh, at a different level than most guys. He can score. His, his release is ridiculous. And then, and then again, their, their supporting cast is awesome with uh, like your Nylanders and, and Tavares. Uh, Hyman's a great player from the mix. Felino was a great addition. Uh, some grit there. And you know what? Felino's always had a bit of a, a, a scoring touch or again, some offensive upside. He's not going to score a ton, but uh, he can chip in. Then their 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 bottom end players are their their bottom six. They're, there's so many guys that they can plug in right now um, with Spezza and Thornton, uh, Simmons, uh, and then you have your your Engvalls and Kerfoots and and there's a lot of guys there. The the veteran uh, presence that they have in that room now uh, uh, is great. Like I I think they have they've they've got some really good pieces. I still don't think they win this year. I don't think they're going to win the cup. I think they they, they have a chance to to go far, uh, but I'm not sold on them. Their back end, Morgan Riley for me. Everybody talks about Riley. Riley, he's 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 not even a number one power play guy for me. He's he's a solid D, but I think he gets blown out of proportion how good he is in my eyes. I think he's very good. Don't get me wrong. He's a, he's a very talented player, but um, again, uh, I think there are better out there. Uh, then you have the goaltending situation. Now that's the big one for me. Freddie Anderson, up and down year, uh, some injury problems. I always did like Freddie Anderson. I know he lets that soft goal in here and there, and uh, sometimes it's a backbreaker for them. But I do like Freddie Anderson. I think he's been good. And I, and I got to give props to Jack Campbell. Say what you want. Uh, throughout his career, he's struggled um, up and down and, and wherever else he's been playing. But he has had a legit, solid season. And he seems to be, again, Bonham, we talk about nicest guys in the league. This guy might be the nicest guy in the league as well. Uh, along with McKinnon. He's a guy I'm just really happy for. It seems like his teammates love him and they want to see this guy do really well. So you know what? I'm I am hoping Jack Campbell plays well for that team. Because I'm a guy that likes those feel-good stories. And he just seems like he wants to prove that he can do it. And he's been really good this year. Um you win five or six or eight games for your team and they say, you know what, maybe like he's he's been on a good streak, but it's went longer than that. He's actually played very well for a long stretch now. And so for me. I, I think he's he's proven that you know what he, he's proven that at least he deserves a chance uh, to get some games and, and to help this team in, in in a playoff as well. So I don't know what's going to happen. I think he starts their first game for them and and they go from there. But I think Freddie Anderson's ready and and uh, that's not a bad second option if they do start with Campbell to have him. So again, I just think they're the better team. I'll take Toronto in six, uh, and that's how I feel about that series. So. I got a lot to say, but I'll keep it relatively short. So my thing with Toronto, I'm not a Leafs fan. Never have been. You know, my family loves the Leafs, so I've obviously went the other direction. I, you know, a part of me wants to see the Leafs do well, though. You know, obviously with the Sioux connection with Dubis and Keith, you know, I want the Leafs to do well. I really do. You know, I'm I'm rooting for them. My issue is I don't trust the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I look back, and I hate to compare it to the Sioux Greyhounds, but I look back at the Sioux Greyhounds teams of the past, right, when Keith and Dubas were here with the Greyhounds. On paper, no reason why they should have lost. Absolutely no reason, right? And, you know, there's the Connor McDavid factor and all that kind of stuff. We can talk a million times about coaches not adjusting and those types of things, you know, when McDavid was here. But I need to see 
you know, Sheldon Keith do it in the postseason. I need to see him make adjustments in the postseason. That was a huge issue when he was here with the Greyhounds. Was you know all what what did what did Erie do? What did uh, Knobloch do as a coach? Right, he put five guys along the blue line and didn't let the Greyhounds carry the puck into the zone, and the Hounds had no answer for that whatsoever, even with their big power guys. Right, so I need to see Keith make those adjustments in the postseason in order for them to make the next step. Right, this team reminds me a lot of the Greyhound team in 2014. Right, stacked from top to bottom, but let's see, can they go on a long, sustained playoff run? I think Dubis deserves a lot of credit because I do think he's learned from that in the past. And you touched upon this, Dom. My favorite addition that the Toronto Maple Leafs have ever made was picking up Nick Foligno. I think Nick Foligno is the exact type of hockey player they need. Nick Foligno could play on the first line or he could play on the fourth line. You know, and there's not many guys that are like that in the league anymore. I do think that that's a big deal. I agree with you on their back end. Morgan Riley, you can't argue. He's he's, he's he's taken a step back this year. He really has. The guy has, I think, 30 points. He's got five goals. He's supposed to be an offensive defenseman and he's got five goals on the year. You know, I think he's taken a step back. You know, he hasn't really had to do a lot, but um, I do. I, I really do like Toronto. I want Toronto to go far. I think Dubis deserves – Dubis and Keith deserve a ton of credit, and it's nice to see them kind of change this team. But, well, again, I want to see them – I want to see them do it. I want to see Toronto do it. I think you're, you're bang on it in terms of – because when they started with Toronto, they said, yeah, okay, it was a, it's a building process. But, mm-hmm. again, they started to build that team – a lot like the Hound team, uh, again, yeah. with, with the, the finesse and the speed and and, and the creativity and, and the way I love the game. But I know myself, all right? I'm going to go on there. As much speed and as much skill as you have in a team, all right, it still comes down to uh, work ethic, grit. You need, you, need some, you need some sandpaper. And I think Dubas and Keith finally realized that we need a, a combination of that um, when we get into these uh, long uh, playoff runs that we want to want to be a part of, we we need this. We need that part of it. We need guys that are gonna uh, uh, put, uh, just go through the wall for us. And and a guy like Felino's done it. Even a kid like Galchenyuk getting a second chance. The guy's playing his ass off. Like, this guy hasn't. I mean, I'm watching him out there. Um, again, he is just giving everything he has to be a part of this team and doing everything he can. And that's that's a credit to what they're trying to build there too. Having guys really work hard. And, and to do the little things. So you know what? I do think they made some adjustments to uh, in terms of what you need to get over the top. They had the skill uh, and, and, and uh, high-end players in place, but now they've added some pieces. Again, I don't know how far they're going to go. Um, I'm still not banking on them. Uh, I still think there's some better teams out there, but I do think they've, they've done a lot uh, to make themselves better over, over this past year or two, especially this year. And two quick players I want to mention. I think Zach Bogosian, you know, is a very important player for these guys. He's not going to put up offensive points, but he's the type of defenseman that they need on the back end, a third-pair guy who can just grind other teams out, and he's not going to get caught out of position. I think he's extremely underrated on this team. I like him in his position. I think he's in the perfect position for what he is right now. And the other guy – that, you know, obviously he's talked a lot about around here, but I, what Austin Matthews has become as a goal scorer, 
I would argue he's the best goal scorer in the league this like right now. He's better than Ovechkin. He's better the, the stuff he does is he's worth the price of admission. Like Austin Matthews is that good. So, you know, I'm excited for it. Uh, my prediction for this series is, you know, and we talk a lot about Toronto, obviously. I think Montreal's a little bit away. You know, I think Montreal's, you know, they're they're on the right path. I really do. They got some young players. Uh, I think they'll make it a little bit of a series. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. I also think it's going to be good for Toronto to face some adversity early on. But I think Toronto wins this in six. I really do. I have the same thing. Toronto in six for me. I got Toronto in six. I got Montreal winning game one. That's my prediction. I, I just don't think. I mean, I watched Montreal a ton this year. They're just don't. They just don't have enough. And and I I I do worry about the Leafs goaltending. Uh, yeah. But much. We talked about this in another series earlier. I don't think Montreal is the team to exploit that weakness. So they'll, they'll have a, a harder time with the next series, wherever they face. Yeah, I think you're bang on. I don't. I don't think Montreal has enough. They will be physical. Um, and if the refs let them play, it could be a problem. Uh, but. And yeah. the fact that and the fact that Toronto has struggled on the power play, I think I think Montreal is not going to be as afraid to to play, be a little more physical and take get some penalties. Yeah, so, uh, I got some some good numbers for you guys though. But hold hold on, Jim. Sorry, yeah. before you get to those numbers, quickly. Lord, last thing about Montreal because we haven't talked much about them. Who was the player that killed the Leafs in the playoffs last year with Columbus? Nick Foligno. Who's a, who's the Nick Foligno of Montreal? Josh Anderson when he wants to be. Right, so you have a Josh yeah. Anderson. What does Toronto have now? Toronto has a Nick Felino to counter that Josh Anderson. Right, that's why I love that addition so much. I really do. So they have a guy that can take care of that. So yeah, go ahead. I think Josh Anderson's shitty. So we'll talk about that. A different well, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I got, I got, we got, we got uh, Matthews at four goals, plus one twenty. We got Marner. I, I, I went with the seven and a half points, plus one twenty. I wrote down a fun one for you guys. Uh, Wayne Simmons over a half a goal, minus one forty-three. So it's 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 a steep bet. And I got Nick Suzuki for uh, for four points. And you know what's interesting? I didn't mention this. Is I, I was reading on Twitter earlier. It looks like uh, Cole Caulfield's going to be a scratch uh, to open the series. That, that's oh, what really? I'm reading so far. But like a healthy scratch, or is he hurt? So we'll see how that goes. But uh, so I got Marner. I got Matthews four goals. Marner seven and a half uh, points, Wayne Simmons a half a goal, and Nick Suzuki four points. Dominic? I can take that. I'll go. I'll go quickly on that yeah. because that's a, that's an easy one for me. I'll never bet against the best goal scorer in hockey. I know four goals is a lot of goals. I understand that, but Austin Matthews in any night can score four goals in one night. Right? He's that. Uh, and I, I didn't mention Bono that Matthews got got seven goals and seven assists against uh, against uh, Montreal this year. Yeah, I, I like the over. I do like the over for him. Marner seven and a half points. That's a lot of points. Um, you know, I don't I don't think Marner's going to get that. I would probably take the under on that. Wayne Simmons. I will never bet against veteran oh. hockey players in the playoffs ever. You know, That's why Wayne Simmons, how many times have we seen playoff series where like, you know, I, I'm an old Hawks fan. So I look back at a guy like Eric Daze, guy, guy scored, guy scored three goals in the regular season yeah. or, you know, and he would score 10 in the playoffs. You know, like that's a guy I can almost yeah. see Wayne Simmons putting up a few points and getting some goals. And then Nick Suzuki, I love Nick Suzuki's game. I just don't think Montreal is going to score a whole lot. I really don't. So um, I'm going to put him on the under. I uh, I agree with the uh, Wayne Simmons. He's gonna he's on that second power play. He might just bang one in there. 
a greasy goal from the, uh, the, yeah. the uh, being in that net front presence that he is. He's going to bang one in maybe. Uh, um, it'd be a fun bet because I, I do think it, at some point, if they're playing six games, he's going to maybe be able to pop one in there. And again, just just the way he plays, he's he's he's, he's going to cause some trouble, uh, especially down low in the offensive zone. They're going to be banging and crashing and, and doing their thing there. So uh, I like his chance to maybe score a goal in that series. Uh, the Martin number is high, but again, depending on how these guys go, um, it, it could be it could be something that he does. I would stay away from it. Uh, so we're looking at Matthew scoring five goals eh, in this series. Tough. I again, tough to bet against Matthews, like yeah. you said, Bono. If I'm, a, if I'm a betting guy, and like you said, and you're feeling good about Matthews, I know a lot of people will go with it. I'm going to stay away from it. I say he maybe does score four. To pick over it, I would have a hard time though. So that's another one I would stay away from. Suzuki four points, staying away from it as well. He could go over that too. But again, I don't know if they're going to score a lot. So, yeah. I think the only bet, the only bet I'd make there is is, is the Simmons. Uh, I wrote it down just for exactly what Bono said. The veteran player, he'll get a goal, I think. I think so too. I think that next one, yeah, he's he, yeah. he'll bang one in from somewhere there. Yeah, that's what I think. Okay, on to the last series. Everyone knows I'm an Oiler fan. Uh, Edmonton uh, versus uh, Winnipeg. It starts Wednesday night at nine. Uh, Edmonton minus two oh eight. Uh, Winnipeg plus one seventy five to win the series. Uh, Edmonton won seven and lost two in this series. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I literally watched every every one of these nine games that they played, and uh, I will I will tell you guys this: the big a big factor in this series, and one thing Toronto did really well, and one thing Montreal does really well against uh, Edmonton is they take away the entry point. Winnipeg did not do that at all with Edmonton, not at all. And Edmonton had their way with them. I mean, uh, Connor McDavid had uh, seven goals, 15 assists for 22 points in the nine games. That's not bad. points at least yeah. every game. Uh, so uh, for, for Winnipeg to win and to have a chance, two things have to happen. Uh, Ehlers has to come back, which I believe he is. And Hellebuck has to be way better. He, he had an 877 save percentage in the, uh, against Edmonton this year. He was 2-5. and five. He got pulled twice against Edmonton, uh, I, I, and Dom knows this. I'm not. I think he's a really overrated goalie. He had a great season last year. If Halibut's not better, Winnipeg has no chance. And that being said, Mike Smith has to continue to play well. He's had a fantastic season. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year that I'd be sitting at a playoff preview and telling you that Mike Mike Smith was a key, I'd say they have no chance. But he had a great season. If Mike Smith plays well, and if Halibut doesn't. Winnipeg has no chance, but Halibut's definitely capable of playing well. So we'll see. What do you guys think? Go ahead, Dom. Okay. Uh, for me, again, we'll start with uh, Jim's buddy uh, McDavid and Drysaddle. Uh, it's hard to to ever, ever think that um, if these two are on their games, that anybody's going to slow them down. Uh, I think it's and people have been talking about it. McDavid really has kind of really separated himself from the rest of the pack this year in terms of being the best player in the world. And, uh, and there's so many incredible players in the league, like wonderful players, but he's he's been that much better. Not to say that's going to continue, but again, this year he's been by far the best player in the league. Him and Dreisaitl together, you take penalties, that team will absolutely, they'll do their damage on the power play. Tyson Berry there. Tyson Berry has been a, a, an incredible addition there. I think he's found a real uh, 
uh, a home there, his niche. Like, he is a power play guy anyways. We knew that before. Great offensive instincts. That team on the power play, Winnipeg needs to stay out of the box. Um, then we got uh, Mike Smith for me. He's maybe a Vesna worthy worthy guy this year. He's been that good. Like, there hasn't been very many better goaltenders than Mike Smith this year. He's really proven to be uh, – Kind of a renaissance man there. He's, I think he's 39 years old, but he's, he's been, he's been, yeah, great athlete. He's just a great athlete, and he's been, uh, again, he's a confident guy. Uh, if he's on his game, it's going to help them. I really do still worry about Edmonton's depth, uh, lack of scoring. Uh, I'm happy for a guy like Pugliarvi. He's he's had a really good year uh, for me. He's he's kind of found his groove there with that team, and it's nice to see. He was he had struggled, and and you could tell he was young and. Kind of inexperienced at one point he needed some uh some seasoning where like last year spending away uh, a year away uh, and getting his game back together but if anything it's depth that's gonna uh, maybe be a problem for edmonton i still think right now if those two guys are on their game their top two players um <clears throat> they might be tough to beat and the only other, and, and when i go to winnipeg for me right now if winnipeg was on a streak and winnipeg was hot i would say but when I think back and I'm looking at this team right now, they've won their last, I think they won their last game the other day too and stuff. And they had really struggled down the stretch. Like Jim said, Hellebuck hasn't been very good. He obviously is a good goaltender, but he hasn't proven to be great this year. Uh, he's a confident guy. If he gets hot, like Jim knows, any series that, that we're talking about, any goaltender gets hot and his lights out, it could be good night for anybody. Mm-hmm. So he needs to be really good. I love, I love the depth of, of uh, the forward group. In Winnipeg, I think, like Jim said, Ehlers is is for me. He was their best player. He was their most dynamic guy. He just he's been good for a couple of years, but not like he brought his game to a whole new level. He was their best player this year. Jeffrey's always good. He's a solid player and contributor. Very good player. Wheeler's a, a good, solid veteran player. These guys are a talented group up front. The big problem for me is right now another guy, uh, Lion A left. They brought in Dubois. Started out, started out playing well. But he has fizzled, and he is in a funk right now. So you're looking for secondary scoring. He hasn't been that guy right now. Uh, a guy like Andrew Cox had a good year. Uh, Lowry. Mason Appleton, kind of a guy that you don't talk about a lot. Nice young player there, too. Uh, but, again, if, they, if they're going to do anything, uh, Ehlers has to be healthy and be back. And I think Dubois needs to con- contribute because they're back end again. I don't know if they have enough depth in their back end. I love Josh Morris. too. He's a big young player. Uh, good defenseman, but again, you look at their back end. Uh, it's not there's not a lot of depth there as well. Not to say it's it's terrible, but it's not great. There's better there's better decors in the league. So for me, uh, if Winnipeg was playing better going into the series, I may have been on been on Winnipeg. Uh, but right now, I, I'm going to say Edmonton. You know what? I might give Winnipeg a little bit of uh, love here, but I'm still going to take Edmonton in. I'll I'll go Edmonton seven. I think Edmonton's going to win maybe even in six, but I might give Winnipeg a little bit there. But I think Edmonton wins the series for sure. So a couple thoughts that I have. First one is I think Paul Maurice is coaching for his career or coaching for his uh, coaching for his job. Great point. I agree. Um, yeah, I think part of me – and I, Jim, I watch those games too, and I completely agree with what you're saying. Part of me – thinks that maybe Paul Maurice kind of saw the writing on the wall that he was going to be playing Edmonton in the playoffs. And maybe he didn't want to, this is kind of what I'm, I'm hoping anyway, 
maybe he didn't want to show too much. You know, like maybe he didn't want to show how he's going to play them in the playoffs, and he wasn't too concerned about it. I expect Paul Maurice to make some adjustments. I really do. I, he has to make some he adjustments. And, and I do. I, I think that he's a better coach than that, so I, I do hope that he makes some adjustments. What this series comes down to for me, quite simply, is I trust Connor Hellebuck more than I trust Mike Smith and Koskinen. That, that's what it comes down to for me. You know, there's an old adage in the playoffs, you know, you need to have a hot goalie to win. And Connor Hellebuck, yeah, you know, he's had an up-and-down season. Yeah. But he is time-tested and true. He is unbelievable, that guy. Like he, when he's on his game, he's good. He can steal a game or two. So, again, I, listen, I love Connor McDavid um, as, as a person. I like him as a hockey player. I've had a few run-ins with him when he played for the Greyhounds, a couple stories I could tell about what a good young man he is and, and, and things like that. And I want to see him succeed I want to see Edmonton do well. It's just, I don't know if, I don't know. I, I don't know. I agree. It's the depth thing that's an issue and the goaltending is an issue. So for me, I'm leaning towards Winnipeg. Um, I'm going to say Winnipeg in six. And again, I could be totally wrong because Jim, you're right. If Paul Maurice does not make adjustments, this could be a quick series. Edmonton could win this series in four or five games. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give Paul Maurice the benefit of the doubt that he's going to make those adjustments and make this a longer series. To me, to me, I, I, I mean, I'm an Edmonton fan, but I, I totally disagree with you on the goaltending. Uh, Mike Smith, Mike Smith's been fantastic. I have full faith in him. He could be bad. Anybody could be bad. I think Edmonton has a, actually has a big edge in goaltending in this series uh, from what I've seen this season. And uh, I don't, I don't even think that's, I mean, Mike Smith was five and zero against Winnipeg, nine thirty six save percentage. Uh, Hellebeck was two and five, eight seventy seven save percentage. I know they're just numbers based on one year. Those are big differences, though. And uh, I will say one thing about Edmonton: uh, we talked about coaches changing their style. Tippett came into Edmonton. He was kind of a trap coach, kind of a you know a systems guy. He realized what he had in Edmonton in a hurry, and then he can't play uh, the, those systems. He lets his guys go. Uh, I mean, he plays the hell out of uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl. I think that's great. Uh, you know, we sometimes people talk about the Leafs' uh, power play struggles, and I always tell people he should play his top power play longer. Edmonton on the power play. Two minutes. Uh, Dreisaitl, McDavid, Clinton uh, Hopkins, and Tyson Berry play two minutes on the power play. Yeah. Every power play. Unless they're on when they get a power play, they don't get a break in between. Those four guys are on the power play the whole time. And then it's either then it's either uh, Chase on in front of the net, or James Neal or Yamamoto. Those guys take turns. Uh, once in a while, you'll see Nurse, who had a fantastic year on the power play. But I mean that that's why the secondary scoring in this series doesn't really scare me, because Winnipeg hasn't shown that they can slow these guys down. Don't get me wrong. If Winnipeg beats Edmonton, I won't be surprised. I I, I know it's very possible, but I, I I like the matchup for Edmonton. I just think. That Winnipeg's not physical enough, and they don't they don't take space away, and you really have to take space away against Edmonton. Okay, you guys ready for some big numbers? I got yeah. Just numbers. quickly though, Dom, yeah. as as a coach, what's your biggest fear going into a playoff series against a team? I would assume running into a hot goalie is probably one of your biggest fears, right? It is, but Sometimes. I don't. I don't think. I, and, don't, I can't yeah, see but, Halibut getting hot. Okay, but Jim, Halibut's last five games, he's got two shutouts and a 940 save percentage. You know, uh, like he's playing his best hockey right now. 
He's playing his best hockey in the last five games. So if he's becoming hot goalie, that's a scary thing. Well, you know what? Think about this, though. It's Right now, for me, it's Connor McDavid against Hellebuck, if you, if you want to break it down to that. And, and it's going to be uh, – um, like, for me, I think McDavid wants to will his team uh, like he did for those 100 points. He's going to be, he's going to be pressing that hard, I think. Uh, what we saw at the end of the year, him, him pulling up two and three nights – are two and three points a game. That is something that, all right, you don't see that very often. And he's pressing. Yeah, Hellebuck's been hot. But like I said, they're going to need him to be hot because you are going up against the best player in the world. So um, if Hellebuck can keep up that play, and and again, maybe he's he's found his groove. He is a confident guy. Don't get me wrong. If he gets hot, Edmonton could be in trouble. But again, like I said, Mike Smith, if he maintains that level of play too, again, I think it's going to be a really good series. Too. I still think it will be a good series. So do I. Think- I think Winnipeg has a ton to prove. I think they're, like I said, uh, like you, uh, Paul Maurice playing for his coaching coaching uh, career right now. Uh, and Winnipeg, I think they're almost embarrassed with, with uh, uh, the way the season uh, kind of took that uh, turn for the worse for a bit, even like Shifley getting benched about two or three weeks ago. Um, whether And he didn't like it. He was pissed off about it, and rightly so. He's a veteran guy. He didn't think it was, it was uh, warranted. And I think maybe that light a little little fire under his ass, which which might be a good thing too, coming from your coach. But like I said, if that team can get themselves going, all right, the only it's going to be a good series. They'll make a good series of it. I think there's enough professionalism over there and enough good players. Uh, well, I, I think it'll be a good series too. And Bon, I'll write this down: if if Edmonton at any point during the series has to put Koskinen in the net, they lose, they will lose the series. Yeah. Uh, if there's ever a time, unless they put him in because they're up five nothing, they will lose. He's terrible. If, yeah. if, they have, if Mike Smith's not playing well or Mike Smith gets hurt and Koskinen has to play, Edmonton is done. So yeah. that, Mike, uh, Mike Smith hasn't played well the last couple games, though. He's I been mean, good enough, though, Bono. Well, good enough, enough but you can't yeah. be good enough in the playoffs. Well, you got to well, be better than that. One more little really thing. Worried, but we'll see. I got big numbers side. for you guys. You guys want big numbers? Here we go. Okay, now. Jim, give me one second. I don't yeah. think we – because we talked you, – you mentioned just, uh, just probably for a brief second or two about Darnell Nurse. I don't think we talked – I just want to put some, uh, give him some love here right now with the season he's had. Um, for me, uh, a guy that obviously we, we we know him here from the Sioux and, and the Greyhounds and, and a wonderful young player. Uh, again, great athlete. But the offense that he's starting to provide for that team is has become a bonus, and and he's proving to some people I think that he's a better offensive player at this level than people might have thought he was going to be. I think there were some doubts for a while that he could he could be that guy. Uh, Good shutdown player, great first pass, great skater, tough as nails, solid D guy. He's just a solid player. But now you start throwing in – what did he end up with, 14 or 15, Jim, this year? Goals? Yeah, 16, I think. Yeah, that, that's incredible. That's a that's a great stat. So for him, uh, uh, shout out to him and, and how well he's played. And that's uh, – that, I think that's a bonus uh, for the Oilers to have a, a player of his caliber uh, – uh, an, um, an offensive part, part of his game that he's been working on and getting better. So that's great to see. So, sorry, I just wanted to throw that in there. Funny, you know, as an Oilers fan, I actually, I, and I think I told you, I did not like Nurse at all. Like last year, he tries to do too much. He's, he was he was terrible in the, in the play-in last year against Chicago. He yeah. was terrible. And uh, this year, I think he kind of simplified his game. And uh, he, he plays with Barry all the time. So he kind of lets Barry be a little more offensive. Yeah. It's funny that he plays with Barry. Barry's playing a little more offensive. But uh, Nurse had his best offensive year. Because I think he simplified his game and, and tried to do what he can do. as 
even on the Greyhounds, and Bono will remember this better than anybody, Nurse tried to do everything. He tried to do too much, and, and it ended up being bad. He's super skilled. But uh, if he keeps his game simple and does just what he can do, he's a great player, and he had a great season. Yep. So uh, I, got, I got some numbers for you guys here. We got uh, Connor McDavid, uh, three and a half goals. Connor McDavid, ten and a half points. Oh, my uh, God. Leon Dreisaitl, three and a half uh, goals. Leon Dreisaitl, nine and a half points. And then I got down here uh, Kyle Connor, two and a half goals. And uh, Shifley, two and a half goals. Uh, during the season, McDavid, seven goals, 15 assists against the Jets. He got at least two points in every game. Uh, Dreisaitl, seven goals, five assists for 12 points. Uh, Kyle Connor only scored one goal against Edmonton this year. So uh, that, that's what I got for you guys. Uh, anything? I mean, I'm never, never in a million years. But if you think Edmonton's going to win or lose, I'm never betting Connor McDavid under for points. Or uh, I think that's crazy. Even yeah. goals. I mean, he gets so many shots on that. So uh, yeah. I'm not saying I'm betting him over, but I'm definitely not betting him under. Uh, what do you guys think of those numbers? I think I think going in, going into the series, how hot Connor McDavid's been. I, I and even with Dry Saddle, that number one power play, knowing that they get two minutes of power play time, I've seen it all year as well. Uh, there's an opportunity if, if this game, this series goes seven games, I think both of them are going to score over three and a half. I, I would take a chance on that. Both of them going over the three and a half. The, the points too is is a tough one, but I might just stick with the goals. One of those two guys is going to score over three and a half. I would take that chance. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Kyle, Kyle Connor ended up with 25 goals. He got two last night. Uh, only the one goal against Edmonton, but he's a sniper. Uh, what do you anything like there? But it's a two, it's a two and a half. Yeah. You know what? And he's streaky too. And you know yeah. what? I think he, he is for me. I you know we were talking earlier. I was talking about their their depth. I talked about Ehlers, Shifley, Wheeler. I forgot about Kyle Connor, who I think I think he's their best pure goal scorer on that team. He he is he's a sniper. Uh, he is. That's his job, especially on that power play. But he's a really good player, five on five too. He's not just a power play guy, and um, he can get hot and get hot in a hurry. He's a guy. I don't know if I would take that bet yet, but you know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if he went over the two and a half. If he's getting hot too, he could be streaky. See, I was disappointed with Kyle Connor this year. I mean, I think Kyle Connor again. He he. The last couple of years, he was my favorite player in Winnipeg. And you know, I expected him. I expect him to be a thirty-goal scorer every year. So yeah, he, you know, the fact that, that, that he, yeah, the fact that he only put up twenty-five this year is kind of, uh, kind of a down year for him. But uh, see, I keep going back and forth. I don't know what to take on those because I do think Hellebuck has the capability of being that goaltender who can steal a series. And yeah, there were a lot of high-scoring games early in this series, like earlier in the season. I think there was some 6-5 games. There were some 4-3 games. But if you look at Edmonton versus Winnipeg, the last couple games, it was I believe it was like 3-1. You know, it was 2-1 one of the games. And they were actually lower-scoring games. So, you know, playoff hockey tends to be lower-scoring. You know, so, you know, again, I'm never going to bet against a guy like uh, McDavid. And never. Um, and Dreisaitl, just a happy coincidence that he plays with McDavid. Tough to bet against, tough to bet the under on him, too. Kyle Connor, um, I think Kyle Connor would probably be an under as well, but you never know. You're right. Those are really tough props. I, this is the series I'm most excited to watch. I really am. I think it's going to be good hockey both ways. And, and, uh, I do. I think it's going to be a coin flip. The only thing we didn't get from you, Jim, was your prediction. I'm assuming you're going Edmonton, but in how many games? I'm going to go Edmonton and I'm going to go Edmonton in seven. I'm going to go Winnipeg to win game one, though, like I, like I did in the Toronto series. I go Sounds good. Seven. I think it's going to be tough. I, I don't. I'm not a hell of a guy. I think he's terrible. 
Yeah. So he had a good year wow. last year. Other than that, I've never seen him be good. I always say that to everybody. And he, and he was, he'd been really bad this year. He got pulled wow. over eight times. So uh, he doesn't scare me. But he's gonna, if he, he is capable of playing well, though, he's going to have to. All right, guys. I, I think so, it'll be a tough series. I think, yeah. I think, Toronto, I think Winnipeg can score enough to give uh, Edmonton a go. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, uh, to your point about that, I mean, I, I don't think I would bet McDavid over 10.5 points. I definitely wouldn't bet it under. But to your point about the 3-1 game, Bono, McDavid got three points in that game. Yeah, yeah, you know that, that that's the thing with him. It doesn't yeah. matter how much they score. He's he was in on like sixty-two uh, yeah. percent of their goals. Yes, it, it, it's a, it's year, so, uh, I mean the, the, the low-scoring game doesn't really matter because when they score, he's going to have to score because they really do not get any production from their third and fourth line at no. all. No. None. So, so uh, before we go, guys, I got two questions for you, Jim. If that's okay, if I ask these, absolutely. But. I'd like you both, and we're all going to do one bold prediction for the playoffs. So one bold-ass prediction. And I want your Stanley Cup winner. So, Jim, we'll start with you. Okay, we're going to be coming back on on a weekly basis. So we're, we're, going, to, we're going to be looking uh, to change some of these picks maybe. Uh, I'm going to go Carolina to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, that's just kind of what I think. Uh Bold prediction. I, I went Florida over Tampa. Is that bold enough? Yeah, that's bold. Well, they're they're the higher seed, but we'll give it to you. I mean, they are the underdog, though. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'll go. I want to go bold prediction, Homer style, and say that Edmonton wins the North in the playoffs. Okay. Total Homer, though. Let's be yeah. honest here. It's a okay. total Homer uh, call. <laughs> All right, you're up, Dom. Oh, wow. There's a couple in there that, that are intriguing me. I don't know what it is, but there's something that's intriguing me about Boston right now, too. So um, I'm not saying they're winning the Cup, but I'm saying they're going to the finals. They're going to get to the finals this year, Boston. I don't know why. Um, I just think the additions they made, and they're getting healthy. Uh, they got some of their deep core back. Uh, I like their depth, and I like their goaltending. So I'm going to take a chance to say they get to the finals. Okay. Yep. And I'm going to be like Jim. I don't know how bold it is, but but I do, I do. Uh, I like seeing Florida win in that first series. Like I, I've I've got Tampa to win it, but um, a bold prediction would be I wouldn't be surprised if Florida did win that series. So. And All right, my bold prediction, and I know I'm going to get ripped for this, but that's what a bold prediction is. My bold prediction for the playoffs is you're going to see three starting goalies or you're going to see three goalies start for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the playoffs. I think you're going to see Campbell. I think you're going to see Anderson and I think you're going to see Richie and it might only be, I shouldn't say start a game. I think you're going to see all three of them get into a game at one point or another. That's my bold prediction. And I, I'll say this though: if Riddich gets into the net for uh, for uh, Toronto, I know where Jim's going already. For Toronto, it's like Edmonton if Koskinen gets in there because that Riddich is actually worse than Koskinen. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, they're in big trouble if it comes to that. I, I well, it's, a, that's, that's it's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot every time those guys are in the net. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's actually not a bad call though. I kind of like that. Yeah, um, and for my Stanley Cup. I can't believe I'm going to say this because, uh, you know, obviously I talked highly about Colorado. I talked highly about Carolina, but I'm going to go with the Leafs and I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, that, that, that could also be a bold prediction, but uh, maybe it's just because I want to see it just because I like the Sioux connections, but um, I'm going to go with the Leafs this year to, uh, 
to upset a lot of people. And to be honest with you, I think that they have one of the easier paths to get there potentially uh, the way that their team's built. Also, though, we also don't know what's happening with COVID and the laws, right? We don't even know what's going to happen with the playoffs. So um, I'm not sure if they figured that out yet, but. Yeah, and they, they might have to go uh, – they might have to play away, right? They're, they're, yeah. Whoever wins the North might have to play away, right? So. Well, this was great, guys. I love this. I think we uh, – I think we had a – I think it was a great show. Hopefully uh, hopefully Jay can maybe even break up the clips by series or something and yeah, yeah, put them on. But, or something. Yeah, but this was great. I, I love this. We need to do this again. So if we're going to talk every week, I love it. So I, I think it's – yeah, I talked to Jay about it as well. I think we're going we're gonna to throw that in there to do a weekly thing for, throughout the playoffs. Now, guys, if you don't mind me, uh, I've got to put a shout-out, uh, not NHL-related, but uh, World Championships. Uh, uh, one of my former players, two of my former players are actually going to the World Championships. So we got Colin Miller. Uh, he's going to be with Team Canada uh, as they go to Latvia for the World Championships. Uh, Colin played two years for me and uh, with our 92 group. Uh, Jim's nephew was with that team. Again, great guy, uh, uh, Millsy, and he's, he's uh, a, a wonderful kid. And I, I hope him well, and he enjoys his experience. The other guy is uh, um, Brett Perlini, playing with uh, uh, Great Britain. Uh, he's going there as well. Uh, again, Brett, another great kid, was a huge part of uh, my 1990 age group team that we had. Uh, was, was a huge part of our success with that team. But it's just nice to see some of my uh, my old players uh, doing so well, and I wanted to give them a shout out and uh, let them know how happy I am for them because it's uh, that's awesome to see. So that's great, absolutely. Yeah, it's cool. All right, thanks, guys. Don't forget the, All right, guys. the big, yep. big Edmonton-Vancouver regular season games on now, eh? So, uh, oh, yeah. 3 so, uh, Jim, did you give your prediction for the actual I champ? I changed my prediction if McDavid gets hurt, though, just so you know. Oh, yeah, Jim. Jim, who, yeah, Jim took Carolina. Oh, you got Carolina? Yeah. Did I give you a, a? Did I give you mine, like a, an actual champion? No, you didn't. You said Boston to the finals. Okay, so let me just give you my – you know what? I'm going I'm to go Vegas. Vegas wins the cup. After my ripping of Peter DeBoer and that whole team, uh, that's your pick, eh? Yeah, you know what, Bono, it's kind of – it's against like – You're right, though. They should. They should win. And the thing with me is I, I love – you guys know I'm, I'm a guy all about skill and that creativity. But they, they bring a lot of that, but they also bring that size and that length and, and to have two goaltenders like that. So I, I'm going to – again, that's definitely not a bold prediction, but I, I think Vegas maybe can win the Cup this year. So Yeah. Okay, thanks, guys. Two hours right on. Not bad. Awesome. <laughs> good stuff, good. guys. Hey, good to see you guys. We'll talk after. Take care, boys. Yeah, we'll see you later.